WABC New York and 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. President Biden and the First Lady are on Maui surveying the damage and visiting with survivors of the country's deadliest wildfire in more than a century. Nearly a thousand people are still unaccounted for. Hello, people of Maui. Senator What's that this? Maisie, by the way, oh. Maisie, I told my granddaughter her oh. name is Maisie as well. She said, that's why I like her anyway. <laughs> I've been listening to this. But her name is Maisie as well. People are dead, dipshizzle. When we talked on the phone, I never. I, you look like you played uh, in defensive tackle for uh, I don't know who, but somebody good. But at any rate, I want to thank you for your leadership. There are signs that Donald Trump is preparing to surrender in Georgia for racketeering and other charges. The former president's lawyers today agreed to a two hundred thousand dollar bond as part of his release conditions. Former President Trump announced on social media, I'll be going to Atlanta on Thursday to turn himself in for processing at Fulton County Jail. This came after his legal team reached a bond agreement with District Attorney Fonnie Willis, which sets strict rules for Trump's release on bond after his surrender. Governor Hochul announces two new steps to address the influx of migrants coming to New York. That includes an extra $20 million in aid and approval for a new shelter at Floyd Bennett Field. Curtis Sliwa finds all this stuff out. I, mean, I tell you, before Adams knows, before Hochul knows, before they get the checks, Curtis finds these things out. And it turns out, I guess, there are now two different spots in your district, in my neighborhood, that are going to start housing illegals. Can you confirm and or deny. What I can say is that I don't think that a radio personality should take to the airwaves and put out information that's not confirmed. I told you months ago, months ago, Joe Borelli, you called me a liar in city council. Joanne Ariola, my own party Republican. And then you had the Adams administration calling up our bosses here, wanting me fired, saying that I should apologize that I should retract my statements. And I said, never, ever, ever, because you are all sellouts. What's more important, saving our city or your stupid, humongous egos? That's why I say I do not trust any politicians, Republicans or Democrats. They've sold us down a river. Down to Gonky Park, listening to the wind of change. August summer night, soldiers passing by, listening to the wind of change. We could be so close Like brothers The future's in the air Can feel it everywhere 
Winds of change, folks. Oh, winds of change is right. The Scorpions at 6.07 on your Tuesday morning. We've got an epic show coming up today. I know I say this all the time, but, man, it just seems to be true. And the numbers, numbers just don't lie. And for the last six or seven months, this show has been red hot. And today may be one of the all-time greats with a tremendous guest list, including Anthony Weiner, Curtis Sliwa, Bo Deedle. My mom is back, Naomi Rosenberg. She's been off this show for quite some time, hasn't been feeling well. Naomi is back today. Ray Kelly, Janine Pirro, Michael Goodwin, Dick Morris, all stopping by. But winds of change is right. You know, I'll tell you a story. I married my beautiful wife, Danielle, back on June 25th of 1992. We're married now 31 years, going on 32. And when I met Danielle, her grandmother, we called her Nana, in essence, was my mother-in-law. Because, I think I've told this story before, but Danielle's real mom was tragically killed in a car accident. Are you listening, Joe Biden? was tragically killed in a car accident when Danielle was just eight. The mother and boyfriend were both killed. Danielle was supposed to be in the car. She decided at the last moment, Rara and Poppy, uh, Nana and Poppy, I don't want to go. So her grandparents, Marty and Florence Noodleman, on Avenue N and East 14th Street in Brooklyn, said, Carol, we'll, we'll send her. Just go with your boyfriend. We'll send her. And as it turned out, thank God, Danielle was saved. And she grew up with her grandparents after that. And her grandparents' best friends were a couple named Rose and Arthur Carp. Rose and Arthur Carp. And Rose and Arthur Carp lived in this community, which when I was with Danielle at the age of 25, living on East 22nd Street and Quentin Road by Madison High School in Brooklyn, this community was paradise. And it was called Bell Harbor. And every now and then, Danielle, me, and Nana would go visit Rose and Arthur. They lived exactly four houses from the beach, not far, remarkably, from where we live now. And we would go there on a Saturday or a Sunday. And as soon as we got over the Marine Park Bridge and into that area, it was like we went to Florida. We weren't even in New York anymore. We were. It was unbelievable. It was gorgeous. And I remember one night after leaving Captain Walters in Sheepshead Bay back in 1991 when Danielle and I would hang out and kid around about getting married one day and having kids. You know that that conversation you have with your girlfriend, you start naming your kids and all that nonsense. So one day we're going to move to Bell Harbor. And I said, man, it looks like it's a lot of money to live there. She said, well, you're going to make a lot of money one day. Well, she hasn't been right about that yet. <laughs> because I make okay money, certainly not a lot of money. But we talked about this 32 years ago, maybe one day living in Bell Harbor, where Rose and Arthur Cart were living all the way back then. And then after spending years and years in Boca Raton, Florida, 
a bunch of different addresses in New York City, even a short stay in beautiful Tenafly, New Jersey. We were living on the Upper West Side, West End Avenue between 104th and 105th. You guys know that. For about four years. And you couldn't live there anymore. We'd walk past 96th Street and Broadway, and the homeless and the criminals and the stench were so disgusting. Then we went through COVID in that area. That was even worse because those people are the worst. And we decided we were going to make that move. We were going to do it. We started traveling back and forth even during COVID. Nobody on the road to look at homes in Bell Harbor. And as luck would have it, two years ago, in March, I was in Los Angeles filming Inside Man, the movie you've heard so much about on this show the last couple of months. And I was supposed to be filming for six days. And after the fifth day, Danielle said, we got to go home. I said, wait a second. It's the big scene I got to film tonight. We're going to be eating Chris Rosenberg's body. We got to go home. We're closing on the house. We need to move. We're going to Bell Harbor. Long story short, what we talked about 32 years ago in 1991, all of a sudden became a reality. The dream, if you will, came true. Then we bought a beautiful home where we live now. Now, of course, we went through the hell last winter when the pipes froze and broke. And once again, we were forced to move back to New York City for the better part of five and a half months from hotels to an apartment in Battery Park. We got back to our home about two months ago, and it's beautiful. Rich Clifton, the guys, did a terrific job, and we love it. And it looked as though it looked as though we were living the dream. Who could have possibly thunk 32 years later we'd be doing what we talked about on Manhattan Beach at 4 o'clock in the morning? But we were. And then about four months ago, my dear friend Curtis Sliwa, who I will fight to the death for, and I've had arguments with Peter King about Curtis, about the Gilgo murders, and I still think Curtis is right. I've had arguments with Joanne Ariola, my person, my district, yours too, Lewis, because I thought Curtis was right. It feels like I fight for Curtis every day, and I do. Some stories you hear on the air, some you don't, but almost every day I take somebody to task because they call out Curtis And he's been right. So about four months ago, he said, Sid, I hate to rain on your parade. I hate to ruin the dream. You just spent seven-plus figures on your house in Rockaway Beach. They're coming. And I said, what do you you mean they're coming? They're coming. I heard today that Fort Tilden, Floyd Bennett Field, just a matter of time, the migrants are going to be there. And I said, no, 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 no. Floyd Bennett Beal, do you realize that two summers ago, my little boy Gabriel went to this beautiful day camp, aviator day camp, Floyd Bennett Field. They've got an ice skating rink. The Severian basketball team practices in that gorgeous indoor court. They can't go there. There's a day camp. They got helipads and police training and all kinds of stuff. They can't go there. My neighbors will never allow it. Breezy Point, Rockaway Beach, Bell Harbor, we will never allow it. There's no way. He said, Sid, they're coming. I said, well, I'll tell you what. Years ago, when I first moved back to New York, I was invited at the time, my friend Eric Horich, 
we know what's happened there, but I was invited to Russo's by the Bay in Howard Beach to attend a party for Republicans. My dear friend Tom Sullivan, Mike Sullivan's brother, he was there, and Eric Orich, and um, a bunch of Republicans led by Joanne Ariola, and I've been friendly, friendly, not friends, but friendly with Joanne Ariola for years. I said, I'm going to call her, Curtis. I'm going to put her on, and we're going to, you know, find out exactly what's going on because I know Joanne will stand up for people like me in her neighborhood, her constituents, and if it's true, she's going to shoot it down. So let me take you back to May 19th. Folks, this is almost three months ago, three months ago, when, in fact, my council lady, Joanne Ariola came on the show, and I brought up the two possibilities at the time, which included the Cross Bay Motor Inn in Howard Beach and Floyd Bennett Field slash Fort Tilden in my neighborhood. And here's how the conversation went three months ago with Joanne Ariola Lewis, cut number 11. Curtis Sliwa finds all this stuff out, and Joanne, I tell you, before Adams knows, before Hochul knows, before they get the checks, Curtis finds these things out. And it turns out, I guess, there are now two different spots in your district, in my neighborhood, that are going to start housing illegals. Can you confirm and or deny? What I can say is that I don't think that a radio personality should take to the airwaves and really? put out information that's yeah. not confirmed. Well, now it's confirmed, Joanne. So now what? And I remember saying, man, she was a bitch that morning. She was so bitchy and nasty. I thought Joanne would come on and be like, Sid, don't you worry. I got your back. Don't you worry, Billy Felton. Don't you worry, Margaret. Don't you worry, Sullivan and Breezy Point. I got your back. She wasn't like that. She called out Curtis. I don't think it's right for a radio personality. Well, now what, Joanne? Because he was right. He was right. He's right a lot. You know, I don't want to keep bringing up the Gilgo thing with Peter King because I love Peter. But I would advise Peter King to watch the new TMZ special on the Gilgo murders hosted by uh, Harvey Levin. And if you watch it, the TMZ, they got nothing to gain. They've got no agenda. They're not even here. Harvey's in California. They say a lot of the same stuff about Nassau County and Suffolk County that Curtis has alleged the last couple of weeks. Watch it. TMZ special on Gilgo with Harvey Levin. The point is, you can call out Curtis all you want, talk about radio guys like him and I being blowhards and not know what we're talking about, but time and time again, especially with this migrant crisis, Curtis has been right, and Joanne Ariola looks like a complete dipshizzle this morning. A liar? And not there for her people. Because, again, all she had to do was come on that morning and say, listen, Sid, nothing's been confirmed, but don't you worry. I'm out there fighting for you guys. We got none of that. It was more, don't you guys talk about stuff. You have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, no? Now what? Now what? Here's what I know. Coming up at 7 o'clock tonight at the entrance to Floyd Bennett Field, the Flappish Avenue entrance, right before the Gil Hodges Bridge, there's going to be a rally hosted by Curtis Sliwa and Sid Rosenberg. And, Joanne, I ask you, why is there going to be a rally tonight if, in fact, migrants aren't coming to my neighborhood? Because they are. Bring your signs and make them simple. Don't make it about politics. 
even though we know these are Democrat policies, Democrat policies, you can talk to your blue in the face. When President Trump was in charge, we had none of these issues in New York. None. Zero. They were building a wall. They had the Remain in Mexico policy. You had the COVID provisions as well. We had none of these issues, zero in New York, when the last Republican, President Trump, was in power. Now we are inundated with garbage, with a stupid Democrat governor, an inept Democrat mayor who's in Israel this morning. He's not even here. He's dancing in the streets of Jerusalem And I'm going to be out there tonight at 7 o'clock working a 16-hour day trying to prevent 2,500 able-bodied men who have not been vetted with a gorgeous daughter who walks up and down the beach all hours of the night from living in my neighborhood. But we all need to come together to make this happen and to stop this. So even though the Democrats are ruining our country, and I'll say the same thing right to Anthony Weiner right to his face, Tonight is not about that. No tent city, no migrants. Those are the signs we want to see tonight. So Mary Glynn, head of the Republican Party in Rockaway Beach, she contacted me last night. Mike Sullivan, Tom Sullivan, Joe DiGiacomo, my old electrician. All these folks were freaking out. Well, tonight's your opportunity to take a stand. Come on out there and say, not here. Not here. We'll have a lot more on this, obviously, with Curtis stopping by at 7.05 and Anthony stopping by at 6.45. Curtis did make a couple of videos yesterday outside of both Fort Tilden and Floyd Bennett. So let's start with the one he made outside of Fort Tilden. This, Lewis, is Curtis Sliwa, cut number 13. Four months ago, the number one program in the mornings across the country, Sid Rosenberg on 77 WABC. I told him that the feds and the state and the city were looking at Fort Tilden to put the illegal aliens. Four months ago, warned everybody. And the city councilwoman here, Republican, the county leader, Republican, Joanne Ariola, came on and said, that talk show host doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Four months before, everybody in the neighborhood had a feeling this was happening. And now Fort Tilden, when I was a kid, they had Nike missiles. Then after Superstorm Sandy, they had FEMA here. Now they train police here. It's going to be housing single, able-bodied young men with nothing to do, nowhere to go on high levels of testosterone. Well, guess what, Joanne Ariola, You were wrong. But I'm here along with Sid, and we're going to organize the Rockaways and Broad Channel, and people are going to come over from Howard Beach and Ozone Park to help us to stop the illegal alien invasion of the beautiful Irish Riviera, the Rockaways. That was the video he made outside of Fort Tilden then last night. Curtis made his way from Fort Tilden to Floyd Bennett Field, three miles from my house. Made a video there, too. This, Lewis, is Curtis Sliwa, cut number 14. We're in Floyd Bennett Field right off of Flatbush Avenue. We took the entrance right before the Gil Hodges Bridge. That's where we're going to have our rally tomorrow, the first one. 7 o'clock. You got to be there. That's right? tonight. Tuesday. This is runway 19. There's no drainage. There's no sewage. There's no nothing. You say, I, you can't put tents up here. They are. This is where they're going to house 
2,500 single, able-bodied young men with nowhere to go, nothing to do. And we know that because this is designated for that. And I want you to walk around here. Look at all these buildings here. But look at these buildings here where already the feds have been in there cleaning up stuff because they have to supervise it. They need a place to stay, right? At our taxpayers' expense. Kathy Hochul has sold us out. Biden has sold us out. And where's Eric Adams? He flew the coop. He's in Israel. You left Eric Adams? I'm the mayor in charge. We're having a demonstration. We're going to stop this tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Join me and Sid Rosenberg. And the whole community will be here from the Rockaways. We'll get them coming in from Brooklyn. We got to stop it now. They're ready to move the illegal aliens in as we speak. So I've been on record many times on this show, making fun of protesters, calling them losers, and asking if any of them work, and what are you doing out there all day? Well, guess what? So you got to be careful sometimes, because tonight I'm going to be that loser, because this one hits close to home. This is my neighborhood, and I'm just not going to stand there and let it happen. So I will join Curtis Sliwa out there at 7 o'clock tonight. And whether it is Brooklyn or Howard Beach or Ozone Park, Bell Harbor, Rockaway Beach, Neponset, any of those areas, I would hope that all of you, uh, Broad Channel, Breezy Point, all of you are there as well. Okay, big show coming up, including Curtis. He'll be here at 7.05. Anthony Weiner live in studio. He'll be here at 6.45. My man, the great Bo Deedle, he'll be here at 7.40. My mom is back. Naomi Rosenberg, she'll be here at 8.10. We'll talk to former... Police commissioner, I believe the best police commissioner in the history of New York, my friend Ray Kelly. He'll be here at 8.40. Judge Janine Pirro coming up at 9.25. New York Post columnist Michael Goodwin. And finally, on the big debate coming up tomorrow night with Donald Trump, not going to be there, Dick Morris comes your way at 9.40. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Folks, fasten your seatbelt. From now until 10 o'clock, this is going to be quite the ride. Sid Rosenberg, exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
conversations we had yesterday about the pictures we were going to put in today's New York Post for sitting friends in the morning. I mean, John Katsimatidis, I I mean this very sincerely. I can't thank him enough. He does a tremendous job as the owner, operator, and great host of his own two shows, Katz and Cosby, 5 p.m. weekdays, and the Katz Round Cable, terrific show, 8 a.m. Sundays. John does a great job, and Margo and Chad, but John specifically uh, promoting the shows on this station with these beautiful color advertisements in the New York Post. And uh, Jimmy Capsalis, I like that guy, comes down about once a month and, and asks me for 18 pictures and names to put alongside my picture on the Sid and Friends in the Morning ad, which reads New York's number one Nielsen-rated news talk morning show. And it's a picture of me and then 18 of my friends that end up on this show. So I decided that I was going to put my kids in because they've been on a couple times this summer, Gabriel and my daughter Ava, especially Ava because she goes back to Europe in September, and it would have been a big thrill. But it got voted down. <laughs> uh, we're going to do it, I think, around the holidays, which is very, very nice. So, uh, And my friend Corey Zelnick I wanted to put in because he's kind of my real estate guy. I know Suzanne Miller comes on, and she works at the station, and, and blah, blah, blah. She's great. I love her. But uh, Corey is really my real estate guy, my guru. But anyway, long story short, we're going to save all those folks, which I'm okay with, for the holiday season. So there's a bunch of people that made their debut alongside me in the New York Post today. You can see this on page 28, I think, because my eyesight is horrible. 28, today's New York Post. And the mainstays are there. There's always pictures of John and Katsimatidis and Donald Trump and Bill O'Reilly and Curtis Slewa, Peter King and Bo Deedle. Uh Bill O'Reilly, I mentioned health care. Rudy Giuliani is back. He is back in today's New York Post. Judge Napolitano, second straight month. My mother's always there. Andrew Giuliani is back. How about that? And a couple of folks making their debut in the New York Post air today include, he'll be a guest today, New York's best ever police commissioner, Ray Kelly, and the current New York police commissioner who's been on this show once, Eddie Caban. And you've got Nicole Maliotakis making her debut. She's on quite a bit. She's terrific. Uh, Lara Trump. She was on yesterday. She's on every two weeks. Well-deserved. Alan Dershowitz makes his debut. He's on quite a bit these days, too. I rotate three attorneys between Joe Tacopina, Arthur Idala, and Alan Dershowitz. Vito Bosella, Staten Island Borough president, makes his debut. And a guy that's only been on once, but it was a great appearance just last Friday, big Donald Trump guy, Sebastian Gorka. So, folks, check it out, page 28. In today's New York Post, Sid and Friends in the morning, and uh, it came out uh, looking very, very good. So we spent the basically the whole first segment talking about the migrant issue coming to a neighborhood near you, which now includes my neighborhood. They do want to play Biden yesterday. Biden went to Maui, and it was a disaster. I mean, he just spoke about himself the whole time. Now, look, the president has been through tragedy, no doubt about it, right? His uh, his wife and his daughter were killed in a car crash. That is legitimate tragedy. But when you're in Maui and there's still a 1,000 people missing and these people are scared to death and you don't show up for weeks 
And when they're asked, when you're asked about it last week, you give them a no comment. When you get there, you don't make it about yourself. And that's coming from me. I make everything about myself. I'm the first to admit that. I wouldn't do that if I was in Maui this morning, even if I had lived through a horrendous tragedy like Joe Biden has. He makes it about himself, and then he speaks complete gibberish. I don't even understand what he's talking about. I really don't. Some guy looks like a defensive tackle on a team that's probably good somewhere. What does that mean? You're in Hawaii. Good timing. They're pulling bodies out of the water, you stupid bastard. Stop telling me he's old and demented. He's a jerk-off. The president of the United States is a jerk-off. Here he is uh, in Maui yesterday talking about how he almost lost his current wife, Jill, his new wife, Jill. She almost got killed, and he also almost lost his Corvette. You think people want to hear this? And his cat. But he ran in like a firefighter and saved everyone. You can't even write this. (laughs) I swear to God. No way. I swear to God. Even for him, I don't believe that. No, I swear. Fifteen years ago, Joe Biden cut number four. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I. Yes. What it's like to lose a home. Lose a home. Years ago, now fifteen years ago. Dead kids out of school, you moron. Washington, doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday, and lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette. 67 Corvette, yeah. yeah and my dead. cat. Cat! <laughs> All kidding aside. All kidding aside. He's only kidding. I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. What the hell's going on here? What the hell is going on here? The all kidding aside guy. All kidding aside as if he was kidding. the whole thing was a joke. And then he goes on to talk about the real tragedy, but he did lose his wife and his daughter in a car accident back in 1972. And uh, for some reason, he felt the need to talk about that yesterday, too. Joe Biden cut number five. I remember when I got the call, my first wife and daughter. I was a young senator, and I got a call in Washington. I hadn't been sworn in yet. I wasn't old enough. And I was hiring staff in the Capitol at Teddy Kennedy's office. And I got a phone call saying from my fire department, and a young first responder kind of panicked, you got to come home. There's been an accident. I said, what happened? He said, your wife, she, she, she's dead. Come home. Come home. The tractor trailer had broadsided her and, uh, uh, and killed her in a car accident along with my little daughter, and uh, I remember all the way down from Washington home wondering what a lot of people here wondering. What about my two boys? How are they? They were in the car. I never got a read on that. Were they going to be all right? They were badly injured. Were they going to make it? Had they made it? Wasn't until I walked into the emergency room that I saw that they were there. Remember, he's in Maui now, folks. The difference between <laughs> yeah. knowing so the people of Hawaii. And knowing whether they're available Continue, Mr. President. to come back. Two different things. Yeah. I shut this off. I mean, God, it was a legitimate tragedy. God rest his uh, wife's uh, soul and his little daughter. Legitimate, horrible tragedy that he went through 51 years ago. But again, he's not there to talk about his life history. Why is he doing it? Then why? Because he <laughs> he he's a moron. That, it, it, he's he, a moron. Is he that 
Yes, yes, he is. God, even I'm for all shocked. of the of the criticism that Donald Trump gets, because Trump can be a, a bull in a china shop. There's no question about that. We know that. But even Trump wouldn't do something as stupid as that. This guy did not go to Hawaii, just like East Palestine, Ohio, for weeks. He decides to go after his no comment, and it was a complete disaster. That story about the fire, where he ran in and saved Jill, the Corvette, and the cat has been proven to be, proven to be a lie. It's a lie. Well, of course it's a lie. But do you think that Joe and Mika are going to start their show with that this morning? Do you think Anthony Weiner is going to walk in here and say Joe Biden lied about that? No. None of them will. None of them will. That's our country, folks. That's where we are. And, you know, when you talk about the border and Floyd Bennett Beale tonight and all the migrants... Just look at today's New York Post. Forget about the column about sitting friends in the morning. Front page, New York Post. Floodgates are open, literally. Post watches hundreds of illegal migrants cross through the border. The doors to the U.S. have been welded wide open. So when Kamala Harris or Mayorkas or Biden say the border is closed, they are liars. And when Eric Adams decides to come back from Jerusalem and Tel Aviv and take the quote-unquote federal government to task for their open border policy, then maybe, maybe at that point, Eric Adams' complaints become legitimate. Right now, who cares, Eric? You wanted this? You've got it. Now the unfortunate part is we've got it. All right, 641 Let's, uh, traffic is coming up next. Then Anthony Weiner. Right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini. Listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. Today's minicast, the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Here Frank talks about something we're all talking about these days. Skipping school? You ever skip a lot of school? Whose fault is it if you do? Many people would say that the answer, if a child is chronically absent, is the parents. What should the punishment be, if any, for parents whose children skip school? In Missouri, more parents can expect to be thrown in jail. If their children miss school after a court upheld prison terms, prison, for two mothers whose young children missed. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Alec here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, cleantankless.com. To find a dealer near you. Excuse me. I got a little cramp in my side there. <laughs> They're the world's best built boilers on the diamond. It was just the Mets in action. We need a lock on this story. I mean, my God. Just the Mets in action last night in Atlanta beating up on the uh, first place Braves. That'll work. Yeah, yeah. Fred will just take down the door. By <laughs> score of 10 to 4 in the opener with three games set, DJ Stewart and Rafael Ortega got things going early for the Mets in the second inning with a long ball each. 
For uh, Francisco Lindor, put the finishing touches on the 10-run output with a three-run shot in the sixth. New York will take the win into Game 2 against the Braves tonight, set for a 7.20 p.m. first pitch. Tala McGill gets the ball against Atlanta's Bryce Elder for the Yankees. They were off yesterday, but not entirely inactive. With news coming that the team has promoted a pair of their top prospects in outfielder Everson Pereira and infielder Oswald Peraza. Pereira and Peraza are expected to be in uniform for tonight's series opener against the visiting Washington Nationals. Carlos Rodon will get the start against Washington's Josiah Gray. Monday night preseason football last night saw the Washington Commanders beat the Baltimore Ravens by a score of 29-28. Looking ahead locally to the final slate of preseason games coming up this weekend, the Jets and Giants will go head-to-head at 6 p.m. on Saturday night in a game that will indeed get a glimpse of Aaron Rodgers under center for a gang green. Sports sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to fund a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. And I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy. Hey, Mikey, if you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl. But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm going to get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. I mean, that show has been staged to make Aaron. They were trying to get Aaron, uh, Aaron a Nobel Peace Prize. I, think, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. They got him. Hey, you want to go to lunch, buddy? You want to do that? I mean, shut up. This is so staged. It's ridiculous. That's what okay? I thought, too. I mean, they, you know, when they try to get him, you know, he has every award. He doesn't need any more awards, okay? <laughs> Just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. Suzanne, the plans they made put an end to you. I walked out this morning and I wrote down this song. I just can't remember who to send it to. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend But I always thought that I'd see you again Great James Taylor, Fire and Rain at 6.50 on your Tuesday morning. My old co-worker there, my buddy Mike Francesa, part of that legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination, which followed... Me and Jody McDonald and me and Joe Beningo, and they were on for about 30 years, and he's talking about the show Hard Knocks, which is centered around the New York Jets, and he talks specifically about Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers will see preseason action. We were under the impression he would not see any action until week one, 9-11, against the Buffalo Bills. But we came to find yesterday that Rodgers will play against the Giants in the Jets preseason finale coming up this weekend. So Anthony Weiner 
who does uh, two great shows here on the weekend, stepped in, and he asked me if I was watching Hard Knocks, which is why I played that card, because of course I'm not. Uh, but I do like Aaron Rodgers, despite some of the media, like Mike there, going after him. And I think you kind of like him, too, yes? I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I mean, everything I've watched from afar, he's kind of a pompous jerk. But, he, I, you know, Francesca's not wrong. It does seem like they're doing everything possible. And I think it's partially because of the reputation Hard Knocks has around the league that no team wants them. So I think they're going out of the way. But Aaron Rodgers comes across really well. He comes across being really supportive of, of Wilson. He comes across being a nice guy. He's got a good sense of humor. Um, I want to believe. Look, you, you, you and I are Jet fans. I want to believe. No, I'm, a, I'm a diehard Giant fan. Oh, are you? I, <laughs> yeah. I, thought, I thought if you were a Mets no. guy, you had to be a Jet fan. No, guy. I was a Jet fan. It's a long story. You should read uh, the stories in both of my books, actually, where I, I won Mascot of the Week at A&S Department Store. Very much my does, father yeah. put my name in this in this uh, raffle, if you will. In downtown Brooklyn, used to shop. It was right? the one in the city. Yeah. Um, long story short, there were like millions of kids and what are the odds they pick me? They pick me. And I was a diehard Jet fan. I was like uh, the kid from Wonder Years. I had the Letterman jacket. I love Joe Namath. Namath and I worked together for years, and he loves this story. Long story short, I win the mascot of the of the week. I'm supposed to sit on the bench during a Rams-Jets game with Namath and Maynard and Boozer, that great team. But uh, Charlie Winner was the coach of the Jets, and Charlie got the job nepotism. His father-in-law was... The man, of course, at one Super Bowl three. Uh, now his name escapes me. The great coach for the Jets, Weeb Eubank. So Weeb left the Jets. He put in his son-in-law, Charlie Winner. The Jets were one in five. They were struggling, and they decided that little bucktooth, asthmatic eight-year-old <laughs> Sidney Ferris Rosenberg from Quentin Road to be a distraction. So instead, they uh, they called my house. I was eating dinner. The phone rings. The rotary on the wall. I see my father pick it up, and he says, uh, "Bad news." You can't go to the game, but they're going to send you a, a football signed by the team, a jersey, which I still have to this day. And I started to cry, and I said, Daddy, what's the team you root for? The team in New York, he said, the Giants. And for the last 47 years, I'm the most rabid Giant fan you ever met. F and, the Jets. You know, that's a good – it's a it's a great serve. It's also a good reminder. You know, we think of the NFL as this giant multimillion-dollar corporation that gets everything so perfect. They used to be just a little – there's a bunch of like – it was a B-level corporation. They were playing at Shea at the time. At that time? They were playing at Shake Stadium. Yeah. We had tickets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's a good story. And the Jets and Giants do play this weekend. But, of course, they play during the regular season, week eight, after the Jet bye week coming up October the 29th. So you also walked in this morning after I told the whole story in the first segment about Rose and Arthur Carp and how Danielle and I eventually got to Bell Harbor. And I'm not sure whether you were talking about this or not, but you said, funny how parallel our lives are. I'm curious. What are you talking about? Well, also yesterday, so you said you were bar mitzvah at the Kingsway Jewish Center. When I, I ran, when I got elected to Congress, I had my inauguration at the Kingsway Jewish Center. Is that right? My first. Did you know the great Murray Levenstein? Of course, of course. And his brother had the uh, all those great places where my sisters got married. Yeah, and, and, and then Alvin. Right, and then so I represented in the city council. I represented Sheepshead Bay and and Manhattan Beach, and so I lived. Uh, my office was on Avenue U. My first apartment ever had a solo was on Homecrest Avenue, <laughs> right there in the neighborhood. And then the parallels continue because, you know, you talked about Lundy's and Kenny Rogers' chicken. Yeah. So when I was uh, um, was elected to Congress, the district was Brooklyn and Queens and kind of sheepshead was right in the middle. So I had my office 
at Lundy's and everywhere I went, people would say, you got to reopen Lundy's, got to reopen Lundy's. Now, you and I don't remember the heyday of Lundy's. Lundy's was 2,000 seats in a wide opening. You couldn't like a restaurant like that anymore. No, I was there when I was a little, little boy, but I don't remember how right. good it was. Neither do I. My parents say I was taken there. And, you know, people would do, and some of our older listeners remember, they had these giant tables, and they wouldn't have a maitre d'. You'd stand around the table waiting for people to get up. So when I got in as a city councilman, I said, one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to get Lundy's reopened. So you're the one who did it. Yes. Oh, it sucked. Now, it was terrible. <laughs> the food was terrible. And then they tried making a mini more. But I said, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I rented an office upstairs. So when I was in Congress, when I later could get a bigger office, I was there. And then for me, also the way the, those stories parallel, I was a Sheep's Head Bay guy. When I ran for Congress, there were three of us from Brooklyn running against one woman from Queens. Uh, Curtis Lee was former wife, Melinda Katz. She was going to win because there's one of one from Queens. So I had to figure out somewhere in Queens to kind of make my beachhead, no pun intended. And I said, you know what? I've heard so much about the Irish Riviera, so much about the peninsula out there. I'm going to go. I'm going to spend every day of the campaign trying to make that my second home. And I loved it. I'm like, this place is amazing. Plus, you can walk up and down, and then you can campaign on the beach and all the different things. So I was there. And then to bring the story of full forward, when I get elected, people said, what are we ever going to do with Floyd Bennett Field? It has been an old airport back in the day. Civil aviation, how it's used, took a lot of his flights out of there. But it was sitting, although it was a national park, it was sitting in disrepair. They had these old buildings. And so I still do. They still do. And I said, well, let's try to figure out a park's appropriate thing to do. I opened up Aviator. You did. Because I was a hockey guy. And so it took me forever to get it done. It's a beautiful rink in there. It is, except the thing that people need to understand is one of the reasons it was so difficult to get done is the laws around how you can use a national park are very, very limited. You can't just put anything in it. Now, you pointed out earlier today, yes, the helicopters are all the way, and also they train the sanitation workers, believe it or not, all the way down in the far, far, far corner of it. As a matter of fact, on the map, that's technically not part of the park. But even to get the roadway to go through the park was a big to-do. I'm telling you right now, and I'm telling you, Joel is listening or any of my colleagues that I used to represent, that's illegal what they're trying to do there. You cannot put just anything in a national park. And one more thing I'll say is the moment they start to say, all right, let's waive the law, if they, which I don't think they're allowed to do, think about the next time they're looking for a facility to put something in. Now, I am, unlike Curtis, unlike you, I think we gotta, we got to deal with this problem. It's the law under a consent decree. We have to deal with, deal with people who come to our, to our city. But you can't put them in places that are statutorily prohibited, and you cannot put people – you can't house people in a national park. And every two months, someone would come up with a crazy idea. Let's put up a hotel there. Let's put a racetrack there. And I always had to fight and stop and said, it's just not legal. Are you sure, to law. Anthony Weiner, it's illegal to do this? I, the, the, the covenant that was written when this was turned over from being an airfield to being a national park was written in such a way that you cannot just go. Think about it. Can you put it in the Grand Canyon? Can you put it in Zion National Park? In, in Floyd Bennett Field is just like that. Gateway is a national park, ju- it's the largest urban national park in the country. It is just as much a national park as any of those other things are. You cannot just wave these things with a stroke of a pen. I want to ask you about politics for a second. We know you're a Democrat. I don't care. Uh, you're a pretty common sense guy. That's why you've been on the show a bunch. So I got a buddy named Tom Sullivan. And good, he good guy. Won- I, actually, I actually got to know him a little bit when I was in, in Congress. Oh, you do? So you know Tom. The whole family are wonderful guys. Seven brothers, a bunch of them served uh, in the Army, a bunch of cops, Mike Sullivan, Brian Sullivan, all of them. So Tom won. He won. And they took it from him. Stacy Piper Amato was just not going to let him win. They ended up binding boats. It took three months. They stole it. I'm not going to uh, argue it. I'm telling you they stole it. 
So you got her, Tom Willis contacted me yesterday, Sullivan's manager, and she told her constituents not that long ago, no one's coming to Floyd Bennett Field, no one's coming to Fort Tilden, don't worry about it. I know you heard the audio with me and Joanne Ariola back on May 19th. You guys have no idea what you're talking about. Please stay out of it. Now it turns out the Democrat Amato, she's a liar. Ariola, the Republican, she should apologize to Curtis, me, and everybody else because she either lied or she has no idea what she's talking about. Why can't we trust anybody, Democrats or Republicans, in this migrant mess? Well, first of all, nothing... Nothing was stolen. He, Solomon doesn't say it was stolen. Uh, it, uh, don't, it, went it was to stolen. Sco- it was stolen. Well, you, uh, that's you, it. Move on. Stolen. Well, you're, you're, you're wrong about Sto- that. No, no, no. I'm right. It was stolen. We have because- a way to adjudicate this. You can do them through the courts. Even he doesn't say it was stolen. No, he, oh, Tom Sullivan? He doesn't uh, say but, it was stolen. Uh, stolen. Look at the end. Look, look, look at what, what Anthony, he said. I'm with him about three times a week that the election was stolen. I, all, all I can take Anthony, is his public I'm, statement. Move on to the next point. This, it this, was stolen. This went through the courts. That's the way we adjudicate this. I don't give a crap about the courts. It was stolen. I understand you don't give a crap about the courts. That's the way we resolve conflicts okay, well, in our country. Okay, well, that's terrific. O.J. Simpson that's, walked out of court doing this in man I, when he killed two people. The, the, look, the, this is the way we resolve elections. We have election fights all yeah, the time. I don't was care very what close. the courts say. The courts say that Trump wasn't robbed either in 2020, and certainly at the very least, there was a bunch of shenanigans that went on. I don't care what the courts say. Tom Sullivan got robbed. It was stolen. Uh, now to my next point. Fair enough. I mean, look, I think that, that it could have been these people read the law and said that there's no way that's... That under the law they can put it there. I don't. I don't know. I think it's it's pretty clear now well, that a lot of these decisions. And you had you had an inkling something was going to happen. Would you say it to me on the air three months prior, or would you be very careful and even go as far as calling Curtis a liar like Joanne did? Well, I'll tell you this. I I have been in. I had been in politics, and I I know not to say in moments like this that other elected officials aren't going to do stuff and not tell you the truth about it. But I will say also this, that if, if, uh, I, and I believe a hundred percent this was, a, this was a problem that has, that has been visited on, on our city that was not the creature and that we are required to solve because of the Callahan consent decree. I would have said, and I say today, that even if you're a progressive left person, that, that there are appropriate and inappropriate places to, to, to put these facilities and Floyd Benefield is not one of them. Now, I want to say this about Curtis too. Curtis is winning this fight because Curtis is getting information before anyone else is getting it. He's organizing communities the old-fashioned way. And right now, the people that are trying to find, trying to do their jobs as, as elected officials are not doing them very effectively because they're not communicating with people what the imperatives are. If someone said, look, here's our challenge and here's what we're trying to do, and right now you have Kathy Hochul herself saying to the mayor, I've given you all these other facilities you haven't even tried yet, you haven't even used yet. And now they're going to go to a national park. And I'll say one final thing. Joe Biden can't, with a stroke of his pen, and his administration can't say you can use a national park for this purpose. So I don't know who she made the deal with Hochul. But getting back to your point, I don't think any elected official should assume this is not going to come to their district. It probably is. So we could actually make an argument that it's illegal. I mean, should that be our our number one argument, me and Curtis, right now? Any lawyer in that community who wants to organize a lawsuit, I'll be glad to sit down with them and say, listen, I would have this problem. All the time. By the way, we use the law to protect the community all the time. People want to have a NASCAR race down there. And they said, oh, it's a kind of a park or recreation. The guy said, no, under the law, it's not. People said, let's put up a hotel. And everyone has crazy ideas because, look, a wide-open piece of real estate in, in the five boroughs of New York, think about all the amazing things they can do with it. Well, that's why down there you have a cricket field. You have a, a, you know, people farm down there. People, We have one 
air, one airstrip which is used for people to use their model planes on. Why? Because of the aviation history. There are very strict limitations on what you can do. And I'll say something else. It took us millions of dollars to even make that aviator building ready to have anything in it because those facilities are falling down. There's, the, you know, the Ryan Center with the historical center there. It's got holes in the roof. No, it's dilapidated, yes. Well, I got to tell you, this is a great, great job. Willie, really, I'm thrilled you came in. Uh, your show is on, you know, two different shows, two to four on Saturday, right? Right. They expanded an, an, an extra hour. Um, and, and then Curtis and I do Left versus Right. We've been talking about this issue a lot on Left versus Right. Well, keep coming back to this show as well. Great job. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Appreciate Anthony it. Anthony Weiner, you were great. Two to four every Saturday afternoon. And listen. He is a common-sense guy. We may have disagreed about Tom Sullivan, and uh, no one's going to change my mind on that. But but he's a common-sense guy. He's a smart guy. And i got to tell you, he may have just he may have just saved the whole situation. Anthony Weiner, thank you. And we go from Anthony to his teammate in crime on Saturdays, Curtis Saliwa. Hour number two, coming up next. Time. My back turned towards the sun Lord knows when the cold wind blows It'll turn your head around Well, there's hours of time on the telephone line To talk about things to come Sweet dreams and flying machines In pieces on the ground Talk Radio 77 WABC Oi! This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Anthony Weiner just telling me that Gregory Meeks, who I don't like personally, and my friend Paul King took him on last year. He can stop all this with a phone call, but I would tell everybody not to hold their breath. 7.14 on your Tuesday morning. Wiener was great. We've got a great show coming up, including Bo Deedle and uh, Ray Kelly, Janine Pirro, Michael Goodwin, Dick Morris, and the return of my mom, Naomi, coming up at 8.10. But, of course, huge ratings every weekday afternoon, noon to 1.00. Big ratings overnights on the weekend, but his best work is right here. Every weekday morning at 710 with me. And I can tell you there is a huge, not a big, a huge audience listening right now to Curtis Sliwa because Brooklyn, Queens, even parts of Long Island, Nassau County, not very far, right over the bridge, you got Atlantic Beach. They are scared to death of what's going on, and the man that's been right, no, not Joanne Ariola, she wasn't right, not Stacy Pfeiffer Amato, she wasn't right. The only man that's been right all along is Curtis Sliwa. Curtis, good morning, congratulations. Thank you, Sid. The only regret I have is they didn't listen to me four months ago when I had the um, information available. Let me read to you. Not only didn't listen, but you remember how bitchy Joanne Ariola oh, was? Oh. She was, like, nasty. And notice... A fellow Republican. Now yes. you know why Republicans don't win. I've always liked win. her. I met her at Russo's on the Bay. She was very nice to me. She came on that morning, and it was like, you know, radio guys shouldn't talk. They have no idea what they're talking about. Oh, really, Joanne? How do you look this morning? In fact, what's the difference between her and Justin Brandon, who said the same thing, the Democrats? Yes. They're all, instead of saying, wow, thank you, Curtis, let's follow up on this, let's work together. Let me read to you from the joint 
uh, public relations statements made yesterday by Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who's dancing the horror as we speak in Jerusalem. We have that video. What a disgrace. He's banging a tambourine. He's doing a dance. He says, for months, Governor Hochul and I have been urging the federal government to allow us to use Floyd Bennett Field to help house the more than 100,000, he says, asylum seekers. We say illegal illegals. For months. Now, Joanne Ariola didn't know this. She's right in the city council. What, is she getting her hair done all the time and her nails done? But what are they hiding, whether it's Joanne, a Republican, Stacey Amato, a Democrat? What are these people hiding? What are, what are they worried about, that they that they would come on the air and flat-out lie to us Sid, as if they're, they all of a sudden they found out about this moments ago? I don't trust any politicians, Democrats or Republicans. It's verify, then I'll trust you. There is so much money to be made in contracts that are given that are now redacted by the city. You never know who they know who could be getting greased, right? I mean, imagine for the stage C fight for just a week ago to walk into a huge meeting. Well, don't worry. Actually, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Sid Rosa, bro, you're going to listen to talk radio show hosts? We're the elected officials. We know me and Joanne Ariola, two sisters in solidarity, to F all you people da- out there. And they ain't going to be around to clean up the mess. Kathy Hochul's statement yesterday, after months of negotiation, the Biden administration has provided us with a tentative contract that would allow New York to utilize Floyd Benefield to house the illegal aliens. You know, I told this story at the top of the show about uh, Rosen Arthur Corp and Danielle being a little girl and the dream that finally came true after 32 years. Danielle and I got this uh, beautiful home, seven-figure home in Bell Harbor, and we were just um, so happy. And do you know that Danielle and I actually had words last night because since we've come home from the disaster... We've been putting money into the house. Insurance money, yes, but lots of our money as well. She said to me last night, and she became aware of this, she said, I'm not putting another penny into this home. I said, Danielle, this is our home. She said, oh, really? She said, they're going to put 3,000 bodies right down the block, able-bodied men with no jobs and nowhere to go. I'll go back to Florida in 15 minutes. And if you think... Danielle and Sid Rosenberg were the only couple who had that argument last night amongst people who live in paradise. You are sadly mistaken. And, in fact, you have to listen to these traitorous elected officials. Remember, we have the cut. Maybe Justin can find it. Kathy Hochul said, go to Florida. If you support Trump, if you support Zeldin, if you support your guest yesterday, Congressman Molinaro, we don't need you here. You don't represent New York values. Get on that bus and go to Florida. Sid, you have to accept the fact, everybody out there, they want you out of here. No. They don't want you here. Well, we do have that cut for you. This is Kathy Hochul saying exactly what Curtis Lee would just told you, which to quote Curtis is disgrazia. The fate of democracy in this country. That's what we're fighting for, my friends. We are fighting for democracy. We're fighting to bring government back to the people and out of the hands of dictators. And we're here to say that the era of Trump and Zeldin and Molinaro, just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? Get out of town. Get out of town. Because you don't represent our values. 
you don't represent our values. Queen Kathy Hochul. And by the way, on the way back, the buses are empty. They're filled with illegal aliens to take your place once you sell your house and go. You watch. The only problem you're going to have now out there when they put up the for sale signs is it's 8% interest for a mortgage. That's it's right. going to be kind of tough to get somebody well, to, to get laugh. a mortgage. Don't laugh. I mean, there's a, there's a house about two blocks away. They want $1.2 million. They can't sell it. Yep. And there's no nicer place in New York to live than right by me. But the interest rates, that's why when Joy Behar goes on The View and says, what are they talking about? The economy is booming. Inflation is down. That's because they raised interest rates, you moron. The economy's a mess. We're a minute away from a recession. But she's making millions and millions and millions of dollars. So she has no real um, grasp on reality. So now, you were in Fort Tilden last night. You yes. made a great video. Yes. You were in Floyd Bennett Field last night. You made a great video. What's next, Curtis? Well, that's tonight. We uh, we break your cherry here, uh, Sid Rosenberg. <laughs> You're no longer going to be a virgin. You are leading this protest, Sid. You own it. I am assisting you. I am your co-assistant, and we are going to continue to protest. This is just the first of many to come. But I think we have to salute our colleague, Anthony Weiner, the former congressman there, who knew everything about that area. He knows it like the back of his hand. To try to get a temporary restraining order. You know a lot of lawyers out there. In fact, some of them who represented people who tried to do me harm. But I will forgive them. Well, it's funny because the first guy I thought of locally, I mean, Danielle's a lawyer, my beautiful wife, and you got guys like Takapina and Idala, but we've got a guy right by me in the ponds at Joe Murray. And, yes, uh, you and he, not exactly great buddies, but you were completely okay with me contacting Joe Murray because he's a local guy. Absolutely. And if Anthony Weiner is right, maybe Joe Murray can stop this. That's right. Anthony said there's a restrictive covenant. You cannot house people in a national park. Would they house people in the Grand Canyon? No. He makes a perfect point. But we got to move quickly because they already have this underway. They'll be parachuting them in. They'll have the tents up. Okay, so as of right now, because I think Danielle is uh, was wrong and others in my neighborhood, they were under the impression that 2,500 men arrived yesterday. They're no. not there yet. No. Okay. No, but they can, they can move in rapidly. And by the way, they'll all want to go to the beach, especially Reese Park, where everyone is butt naked out there. I've seen the naked beach on Reese Park. They don't want to go there. Let me tell Not you. exactly, uh, you know, Sophia Viagra on that beach. These guys <laughs> are coming from countries where they're not even permitted to look at a woman exposing her arm. <laughs> That's true. They will want to prove to everyone they don't have erectile dysfunction. You cannot release... <laughs> 2,500 single, able-bodied men with nothing to do, nowhere to go, and no women. No women. No and, women. And forget about the naked beach. I mean, uh, clothed. My wife, Danielle, beautiful. My little daughter, Ava, 19, beautiful. They're walking the streets. I'm scared to death. And Hochul really believes, she says it time and time again, Curtis, that the way to cure all of this, it's not to stop them from coming. Let me make this very, very clear. And if this makes me a prick, if this makes me, in your opinion, undemocratic, I don't care. I don't want these illegals in my neighborhood. Bottom line, I don't care where you put them. I don't want them. I well, don't that's want them. what, that's I don't want what comes Sunday, we're going to Gracie Mansion, citywide effort. Eric Adams wanted them. He said he would house yeah, but them. But I don't want them. Exactly. That makes me a bad guy. But Hoko seems to think if you give these people jobs... Yes. Then all of a sudden it becomes okay. Do you agree with that? Uh oh, without a doubt, they're not getting jobs. And by the way, they're going to be Vespas. They're going to be motorbikes. They're going to be e-bikes. 
They are going to be tearing up the asphalt. They're going to be on your sidewalks. They're going to be popping wheelies. Well, is it true? I'm glad you brought that up because that's a big issue. Bo Deedle's going to join me at 740, and his son, Richard, was run over by a scooter in the city. And I've been told by uh, attorneys locally that a lot of the DUIs the last couple of years are the migrants. Yes. Are the migrants. Is it true that the government provides these people with these scooters? Yes, Yes, they get whatever they want. You come, you make it across the Rio Grande. First stop, Catholic Charities. So all of you folks who are so loyal to the Catholic Church, they're the reason the migrants are here because they get federal tax dollars. And as soon as they cross the border, they say, where would you like to go? Of course, they say New York. And then they provide them with accommodations at our taxpayers' expense. So once they get here, then it's like the baton. You know, it's like the relay race. It goes to Eric <laughs> Adams, like a man with no plan, right? He says, what would you like? Oh, con arroz habituelas with pork chops on it. Order it from Grubhub because the city taxpayers, these suckers are paying for it. Look. He did creative math the other day. He said it's going to cost us $4 billion. Now he jumped it up to $12 billion. These politicians don't trust them. They all got cronies with beaks in the trough. You say contract, I say kickbacks. Joe and Ariola, I accuse you of, of supporting your supporters who have kickbacks. Pfeiffer, Stacey Pfeiffer, no doubt about it. You've got your beak in the trough. You can't trust them. Run them out of town. Don't let them attend any rallies. Don't let them say, oh, I, uh, you, oh, we got to do something because they did nothing when you needed them. Leave it to Sid Rosenberg and Curtis Lewa. We're going to take you to the point where we're going to stop this encampment. Thank you, former Congressman Anthony Weiner, the tactical air support. Lawyers out there, you can finally do something good rather than getting mutts and scales out of jail and walking away with a wheelbarrow full of money. Where's Arthur Idala when we need him? Oh, I'll be too busy in Martha's Vineyard and the Hamptons. Hey, Artie, if you can't do it, you're the head of the Kings County Lawyers Association. Put together a team. Talk to Anthony Weiner, who you represented. You know Anthony. Let's all come together and stop this illegal alien invasion. Not in our backyard, not in Floyd Bennett Field, and not in Fort Tilden over our dead bodies. Stay out of our way, Joe and Ariola. Stay out of our way, Stacey Pfeiffer, and the rest of you fake, phony, fraudulent, forgazy politicians. Join Sid Rosenberg tonight with yours truly, Curtis Sliwa, as we lead the protest against the tents and the migrants coming into Floyd Bennett Field. It's 7 o'clock. Bring your sign. No tents, no migrants. Flatbush Avenue, entrance to Floyd Bennett Field, right before the Gil Hodges Bridge. You better be there. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Seventeen years by her side, broke the same bread, wore the same clothes, and you said, We're sisters with nothing between. If one of us fall, the other will soon be following. Both of you fell the same day. You 
the great Lenny Siazzo. He's the uh, neighborhood plumber and a great one. He's going to be there tonight. So if you're having breakfast right now, if it's Mohammed at Beach Bagel or the Cross Bay Diner or the Last Stop on 116 and your friends are walking over going, oh man, I hear Sid and uh, Curtis. They're going to be out there tonight. Just come. Unless you want them. If you want, again, 2,500 able-bodied strange men who have not been vetted walking around our neighborhood then uh, stay home. Watch the Mets. Enjoy yourself. I don't want them. Bottom line, I don't want them. I don't care what uh, this country was built on. I say this all the time. Things evolve. Things change. I remember when they added the wild card to baseball, folks freaked out. What do you mean? Things change. We are in no position, not financially and certainly not from a safety standpoint, to have these strangers because it only takes one. You could have 2,499 good people. And if one of these people turn rogue and rape and or kill one of the little girls in my community, and I've got a beautiful wife and a beautiful daughter, it all goes bad. And it's happened twice in Texas over the last couple of weeks. This is not a joke. It's not a game. These don't, you know, Eric Adams doesn't care in Jerusalem this morning, Gracie Mansion. Loaded with security everywhere he goes. That wench, Kathy Hochul, she's hundreds and hundreds of miles away in the northern part of the state. She doesn't care. I care. And I usually lame best protesters for being losers. I do, and I'll be one of those losers tonight. Because I care about my community. I care about all you folks. And if I can help make a difference, I'm certainly going to try. Now, tomorrow night is the big debate. And me and Lou are going to McSorley's. That damn right. That's not true. Well, I'm going. It's been a long time since you and I hit McSorley's. Well, I stopped drinking. That's the problem. That's not the problem. That's a good thing. But last time I went to McSorley's with you, I was a mess. I think I peed myself. Now you do that on a semi-regular basis. That's true, too. Yeah, Come especially on. at this age. You probably you do it in the morning <laughs> yeah. down the hall. Are you going to watch the debate tomorrow night? There's no Donald Trump. Uh... I'd like to if it's, but I can see it. How many people? Six? Seven? Eight. Eight. Seven, maybe. I don't know. Is it true that? Seven. Seven. So the debate is on Fox News. And the uh, let me get to Jim Flippin, who's been doing a great job filling in for Noam Layden this week. So while this debate is going on, Fox News is spatting stupid Chris Christie and the rest of these uh, traitors. They should just all just give it up today and unite in and around the Republican threat, Donald Trump, who in the last two polls I saw, Bo Deedle, is beating Joe Biden, beating him. So let's stop with the he can't win. He's the only guy that can win. He's the only one because he's going to wipe out the rest of the field in this primary. But is it true that while these idiots are debating that uh, Trump is going to be on with Tucker Carlson? 
Yep, that's the plan. Same time. Counter-programming, as they say. Right, and so that's going to be on Twitter or X? X. And it starts the same exact time. Yeah, that's for... Well, I mean, I, you know, I don't exactly know how most of the time Tucker Carlson posts videos after the fact. Like, he doesn't really do a lot of live streaming. Right. On X. So he's done it, though. Yeah, he's done it. Like, when he made his announcement, that was live. So, very simple question. What's get What gets more viewers? Donald Trump with Tucker Carlson? Or the seven folks who have no chance of winning telling us what they're going to do when they become president yeah, the, on Fox News. The one thing with Tucker's videos is it fluctuates a lot in terms of, like, some videos he'll have just tons of views, you know, millions and millions of views. Others yeah. are a little more modest. But i got to figure it's going to be the, the Trump video. Yeah, got to be. I would think so, too. All right, the number is always 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Been a great show already with Anthony Weiner and uh, Bo, and I was about to say Bo, and Curtis Sliwa. Bo Deedle is going to join me momentarily, and then my mother is back. She's going to be on fire this morning. Ray Kelly, Janine Pirro, Michael Goodwin, Dick Morris, an amazing Tuesday show. Sid and Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. Join Sid Rosenberg tonight with yours truly, Curtis Sliwa, as we lead the protest against the tents and the migrants coming into Floyd Bennett Field. It's 7 o'clock. Bring your sign. No tents, no migrants. Flatbush Avenue, entrance to Floyd Bennett Field, right before the Gil Hodges Bridge. You better be there. himself as one of the best cops New York City has ever had. Brave, courageous, tough, one tough cop. Now he's a tremendous actor, whether it's major motion pictures like Inside Man out right now, but of course, Goodfellas, Wolf of Wall Street, The Irishman, and great TV shows. He's terrific in Godfather of Harlem, plays a great Tommy Lucchese, also great in the show Gravesend, and most importantly, and I say this every week on Tuesday and Thursday because I mean it, He's the most loyal, best friend a person can ever have. Here he is, my good buddy, Bo Deedle. Good Tuesday morning, Bo. How are you, pal? Hey, Sid, and thank you for having me on all the time. You know, it's such a refreshing thing to listen to Curtis and say what you want about Curtis. Man, he's a great New Yorker, and I really support him. And I got also somebody else I really support. I'm all in with Donald Trump. We got to get him back in there. I don't care if he gets elected in jail. We got to get him in there. Because after watching Biden's bull crap over there in Maui, he thought he was on the moon. He has no clue where he is. And all of a sudden, he makes it all about himself. But more, more important is what's going on in our city. You know, I've been talking about this thing that I've been putting together, and I'm really – I'm serious about this. It saved New York City Coalition with the City Charter uh, Amendment. You know what this is all about? It's organizing, passing 
local government charter change to take the power from the city council. Because I heard from the mayor himself, he throws it, I can't do nothing because this is city council on Morins and all that. And all of a sudden, 90% of the New York's polls show that crime is the biggest issue to all New Yorkers. So why aren't we representing the people what they want? Because I want to put this coalition together with you, Curtis, everybody. I'll bring Sharpton on board. I don't care. And take the power away from the Socialist City Council. Mayor Adams is, is whipped. I can't use the word P-U-S-S-Y, right? Can I? Go ahead, please. I'm begging you. All right. He's pussy whipped. And Adams doesn't <laughs> understand the matter. You know what he does? He's kissing the city council's butt there. 98.3% who didn't vote understand the council is all out for one thing, for themselves. They'll do anything for power, and that's it. They don't care about nothing else. They are like snakes. And all of a sudden now, in 2025, my friend, Eric Adams, who's doing the horror over there in Israel, (laughs) doesn't realize these progressives are coming at him. Control of Brad Ladder. That's the same, same scumbag that it lost tens of billions of dollars in our pension funds. He is now eyeing the mayor of New York City. Also, in the wings is that other psycho, wacko, Miley Wiley, Miley Whiplash, whatever. Miley Wiley, yep. They are, going, they are going to take Eric Adams out in the next election unless he comes on board with the people, and he's got to support the people. Eric, when you come back eat, doing the horror and eating your pitas or whatever you eat over there <laughs> and doing the dancing around, you got to understand they're coming for you. The progressives are coming. No matter what you want to do, you want to hop around. I hope you're wearing my American flag I gave you, too, dancing around. The reality is <laughs> they want you out. Don't you understand? The only way you could do this is you've got to support this strategy of what I'm putting together with this New York City Coalition Charter. I want all the all the major developers, all the billionaires, everybody on board. But I want the bodega owners. I want the churchgoers from Bedside. I want everybody. I want the people that travel the subway. I want everybody to come on. And you want to know something? What it does is give local government the zoning and their empowering. Now, all of a sudden, you're empowered to what you want to do. And if the common sense voters were given the power to control their government, office workers would return to Midtown. New York will be thriving again. we got to get rid of the power from the city council that's putting us in the garbage. We've got to deal with the crime problem. We've got to give the voters the power. And I think we could do it in 2024. There's a presidential election. More people will be out there voting than ever. And we should put it on the ballot to take the power away from the city council of moron and idiots there. 2024 is a very important election. It's going to have the biggest turnout. And if you could go to my podcast, Bo Needle's True Crime Story, I'll be talking more about the specifics. But let's get to the action right now. All of a sudden, knife crimes are soaring. You know why knife, knife crimes are soaring? Because people stab the people. It's very easy to take a knife, put it in your pocket, take it out, stab somebody, cut somebody, and all that. But you want to know who, who the culprit is? In 2019, that scumbag you have on our radio show, Andrew Douchebag Como, signed into law built with prohibition of gravity knives and folding knives. There used to be a law over four inches. All of a sudden, I talked to my good friend, Joe Esposito, that knows this city, Chief Esposito, Knows this city better than anyone. He said to me weeks ago, he goes, Bo, the knives are going to be killing more people than guns. And sure enough, we're up to about 4,000 people getting stabbed and cut and all kinds of things. And you know what? All they should do is now, why don't we go after 
city council of morons. Why don't we modify the law with the four inch knife? They won't do that. You know why? That doesn't come into their preview. That's too good. And this is what's going on. And now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, this illegal immigration. How about the corruption that's going on? Why are we spending five hundred dollars a night for some rooms which were empty? Which were empty? Why isn't anyone negotiating these contracts? These are no bid contracts. What's behind this, Sid? What's behind this? They're going to spend. In What's behind year. it is, uh, like Curtis always says, where there are contracts, there are kickbacks, and I don't trust anybody. I can't stand Democrats. I hate them. That's the bottom line. Not necessarily Democrat people in the street, but Democrat politicians for the most part are low lives. Republicans you can't really trust either. They're just not as bad as Democrats. But where there are contracts, there are kickbacks. And by the way, why is it my responsibility? I've got two children who I love dearly. I've got a wife who I live for. Why is it my responsibility to pay for some guy who just got here from wherever the yeah. he came from? Why is that my responsibility, Bo? Why? Well, I've got one thing to say to you. They're giving food away, no bid. Nobody is checking and balancing. This is like giving Ukraine a hundred billion dollars those cocos over there yeah, and exactly. they're just pissed. I, I like to see how fat their bank accounts. Hey, who was with Mayor Adams and retired after one year for to become a consultant? Who is it, Sid? Your dear friend, Sid. Frankie Come is on. my dear friend. And his brother Anthony, I do love them both. Oh, Sorry. Okay. When it smells like <laughs> I love them. Hey, oh yeah, I know you love them. I'd like to find out what's going on with these contracts. I've been in business 38 years. I applied for security contracts. Uh, I got nothing. And all of a sudden, there's no big contracts for food, for security, for housing, for everything. What's going on, Sid? What's going on? I'm going to get Curtis on this one because you don't want to open up. Hey, listen to me. If you find out that that guy is getting kickbacks for being a consultant, what would you say, Sid? What do you want to get in bed with a criminal? <laughs> no, oh, I wouldn't say on. that. If 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 uh, that if those details yeah. were provided, you know how oh, I would okay. react. But I got to say this: what what why would you? But why would you even care about him? What about the mayor no, himself? No, what about the no, mayor himself? You know what I care about? I care about us spending probably fifteen billion dollars in the but next Bo, three years. But Bo, you no got, you, but Bo, Bo, you got a mayor, the mayor himself, walking around wearing six thousand dollars suits. What do you care about his former chief of staff, well, the mayor all himself? I care about, all I care about is when you put these contracts out, even in the military, the, the corruption aspect kills me because you know why? Because we're paying double what we should be paying. First of all, if we got stuck with these stupid immigrants, we should be paying the least amount. Put them in a room. Put them in a, put them in a tent somewhere. Leave me alone now. Okay. Also, put, now put, you know where you put them, Bo? And I say this all the time. I know John yeah. says it too, but I've been saying it for years. Yeah. The homeless the criminals and the migrants, all three of them belong on Rikers Island. All three. Well, that's right. And but put them in tents over there. And why, I mean, don't give them DoorDash food, cucarachas and uh, pork and rice and beans. Leave me alone, will you? <laughs> give them some spam, some expired cans of spam. I don't care. Okay. Now, all of a sudden, where is the impeachment by the United States Congress of this idiot Mayorkas? Now we got the border. They, they welded them open now. Where? Why don't we impeach this little punk, Homeland Security, this, this little squeaky little punk? That should go down. And now, all of a sudden, these killer scumbag terrorists, now we want to make a deal and parole. They killed 3,000 Americans. They killed probably another 10,000 yep. who died from sicknesses from 9-11. Yep. Now we just we got to hang all six of them, and I will hang all six of them. How <laughs> dare you? These poor people, these victims who have fathers and, and mothers Terrible. who will never yeah. see. Terrible. And you know what? We forget too quick. Now, also, come on.
on. We got the, we're on the roll right now. Now, all the major Wall Street firms are pulling out of New York, but Florida and Texas, here's what's going on in New York while you're doing the halatari over there, uh, Mr. Mayor. You're doing the, uh, what are you, dancing around there, waving your clothes, whatever you're doing. All of a sudden, $1 trillion in assets under management, these companies have left for Florida and Texas, and these are billions of dollars of taxes from this, for the city and state. It's gone, Eric, and you're doing the Hiragachi over there. What's so important about being in Israel when the city is crumbling? Well, right here's now? what's funny. So Eric Adams goes to Israel. Part of it is to check the technology. Great. Uh, not exactly the time to do that, but he goes there to learn about anti-Semitism. Here's what I can yeah. tell Eric Adams. Any crimes that happen to Jews in Israel, for the most part, are Palestinians. Here in the United States, especially in New York, crimes committed on Jews are black people. They're black people. So it would it would serve Eric Adams not to go to Jerusalem, but to go to his own neighborhoods and try to explain to these black kids, Jews are your friends, not the enemy. Absolutely. Absolutely. One more important, important thing for you, Sid, and your kids and everybody a lot of people don't realize right now, it's just looking this up, they, if you got a scratch or if you if you shave your head and you cut a little scratch, be careful about going into the ocean. There's a flesh-eating bacteria. Yeah. In Tampa Bay, five people were confirmed dead from this. One girl was had a cut from shaving her leg, and now she uh, lost her leg from it. It's a very bad infection when you go into the seawater. If you have any cuts or scratches... Don't go in the water. There is a bacteria in this water, not just in Tampa, New York, New Jersey. This is 15 people have died now from this flesh-eating bacteria. So be careful. I know you love the beach, but if you have any scrapes or cuts, be careful. Very be careful. And here's a very very important thing. You know, I got grandchildren. And all of a sudden, when you want your grandchildren to be quiet when you're at the uh, dinner table or if you're at a restaurant, you, you hand them this stupid boob kudub with this, this, these little computer things that they have right now. Now it's coming out that these are causing delays in communication, fine motor problems, or problem-solving personal and social skills. These things are going to kill our kids' minds. We have to take this. This is being controlled. This is control of our children's minds. This garbage. We're on the eve of destruction, kid. We gotta pull this together. I may see you there tonight, but do I have to get locked up? Nah, you're not gonna get locked up. You're a former cop. What are you kidding me? Who's gonna lock you up? But at any rate, if you come, great, because you're a real New York hero, just like Curtis, and we love you. If you don't, we know Bo Deedle of everybody. You'll be there in spirit. Either way, another spectacular, not good spectacular appearance by my friend the great Bo Deedle covered about five or six different topics slammed them all home great job Bo we're only halfway done today folks a lot more to come Dick Morris Judge Janine Pirro Michael Goodwin Ray Kelly and yes mom Naomi Rosenberg all coming up keep it right here folks two hours in two more to go Is sit in friends in the morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. No, I would not give you. Well, it's been a great two hours. 
Anthony Weiner, Curtis Sliwa, and Bo Dito still to come. Big-time defense attorney Arthur Idala coming up at 825. Is it illegal? Weiner said it was to house these migrants at Floyd Bennett Field. We're going to find out. Artie coming up at 825. The greatest police commissioner in the history of this city, my friend Ray Kelly, coming up at 840. Judge Janine Pirro. Oh, she's going to be great. She's coming up at 9.05. We'll talk to New York Post columnist Michael Goodwin. He's coming up at 9.25. And Dick Morris on the big debate tomorrow night and President Trump. He'll be here at 9.40. But you asked for her. You got her. Been a while since uh, my mom, Mommy, uh, has been here. She's been sick. She had vertigo. She had all kinds of issues. And she's not been on this show, I think, now for almost six weeks. So this does mark the return of my mom, Naomi Rosenberg. Hi, Mom. How are you? Good morning, Sydney Ferris. How are you today? More importantly, how are you? How do you feel? I'm hanging in. You know, what the heck of sense and complaining? Nobody wants to listen to that nonsense. People want to hear good things, nice things. No, but we, we want to hear the truth, though, Mom. The show is all about yeah, the truth. Nah. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Talking about the truth, what do you think is going on now with this Floyd Ben Field? I mean, you can't make this up. They've been trying and pushing this and pushing this. You can't get through to these animals that say we don't want that there. We don't want these people there. Send them back where they came from. We don't need them here. We got enough. We can't feed our own. That's how I feel, Mom. I want them out of here. And, in fact, yesterday I had Mark Molinaro on. He ran for governor a couple years ago. Now he's your congressman in upstate New York, and he was complaining about uh, the – in fact, uh, Mom, I don't know if you know this, but – He's going to be doing a big event tomorrow night with the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, up by you in uh, up by Monticello. And Susan Brown Otto has extended you an invitation. She's even going to send you a card if you want to go, McCarthy and Molinaro. But he was saying you've got these issues in upstate New York. Is that true? Far we don't see anything yeah. here, Sydney. You know, yeah. so far things look pretty calm and pretty good. But that doesn't mean anything, you know. They're in Yeah. So we're just waiting for them to surface. What's going to happen sooner than later? You cannot control it anymore. I'm convinced of that. I don't know what the heck we're going to do, but it's... It... Ma, whose phone are you on this morning? Albert's, your phone sucks. Are you on your uh, cell phone no, or Albert's? my phone. But this phone does suck. No, I'm on my own phone. I mean, Daddy bought you that phone like 10 years ago. Could you get a new phone? Yeah, I know. Well, nothing lasts forever. <laughs> what can I tell I know. You? I mean, yeah. It's an old phone. i got to get a new phone. So you know, this, anyway. uh, Ma, this Floyd Bennett Field is only about three miles away from the house. That's why I'm going to join Curtis tonight in this rally and I may even get arrested, Mom, so just be prepared for that. Don't get upset. I'll be fine, okay? I can handle myself in prison. But I mean the fact, oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good to know. Yeah. How about that? Okay, so be nervous. Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> no, uh, seriously, it's, it's too close to home, and with Danielle and Ava, I get nervous, you know, Mom. Listen, I'm nervous, too, because they put them in the college up here. But meantime, we didn't hear anything since then. Since that time, we haven't heard that they were shipping more up here. But they will. It's just a matter of time, Sydney. You know they're going to ship them up here because they don't know what to do with them anymore. Look at the streets of New York City. In this world, who would imagine anything like this? But where is he? He's on vacation. The creature is on vacation. Oh, which creature is this? Is it Biden or Adams? Which creature is this? 
Well, you can pick, have your church, but I'm talking about the one in the White House this moment. It doesn't matter whether it's in the White House or the one walking the streets of New York, where they'd like to, to reiterate what you said, with his $6,000 suits. Give me a break. And this city is a disgrace. I mean, when you see pictures of people, what's going on in the city, human waste, drugging, having sex, I mean, everything right out in the open, and kids have to pass this. You know, Mom, You know, Mom, to your point, you know, Gaby goes to school in Chelsea. I'm not going to give exactly where he goes. But on more than one occasion, when uh, before school was done, he's going back to school, of course, next month, and it's a very, very fine school. You know that. On more than one occasion, walking to the train, he saw people on the street shooting up drugs. What is that? Well, this is what it, this is what I'm trying to tell you. This is what the, this is. They allow them to come in here, and they and allow these drugs. They put up vending machines for them to get their drugs. Oh, come on, Sidney Ferris. This is the United States of America. This is a hellhole now. We got to get it back, Sidney. We got to get it back somehow, some way. We got to get our city and our country back. I don't know what I don't see a lot of my my man. I don't I don't know what's going on. No, no, no. Guy. Your man, listen. Your man is great. He's going to be with uh, Tucker Carlson tomorrow night. While those other seven idiots, some of them are good people. I shouldn't say that. You know, Chris Christie's a fat, jealous jerk. Oh, and, uh, what a yeah, waste! He's a, he's a what disgrace. A waste. Right, but a but waste. but your guy is going to be talking to Tucker Carlson. And look, mom, he's dealing with a lot. He's got you know indictments every day, court cases every yeah, day. Is, but don't you confuse the issue, mom. He is going to be president again. And if I'm correct, I believe that you think he's our only savior, President Trump, yes? Only savior. He's the only one. There's not another one. There are some other people I like. I really do. There's a couple other people I like. But he's our only savior. If he don't get in, we could kiss the country goodbye. We're in the midst of it. Who who else do you like? I'm just curious. Do you like Tim Scott? Do you like who else do you like, Ma? Yeah, I like him, Scott. I like him. Yeah, um, cool. yeah, yeah. yeah. I like him. Yeah, I... and and um, and I like um, who else? I I think this V this Vivi, whatever his name is, Vivek? Ramaswamy. Vivek. Yeah, yeah he's Vivek. A, he's Ramaswamy. a douche. He's a douchebag. You know why? But he, but he talks shit too. Oh my! Really. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you got to dump that. Uh, yeah, Dick yeah, Morris. No, Dick shit. Morris is going to come on. My, you can't keep saying it twice. My, that's a bad word. She said the S word. Uh, Dick Morris is going to join me coming up at eight forty. And according to Dick Morris, Mom, Vivek Ramaswamy wants to uh, uh, take money away from Israel. This is a new revelation about Vivek. So if I did like him before, and I didn't really like him much anyway, now I can't stand him. So Vivek wants to take money away from uh, Israel, less money to Israel. Well, who on the, who on of all those people that you see their pictures that know their names, who's going to be on uh, tomorrow night, who do you think is for, is for Israel? Not a one, Sydney. There's not one of those people other than Donald J. Trump. Well, I think Tim Scott. I think I think Tim Scott is probably good with Israel. If I had to guess, um, and that's why I believe that he's got an opportunity, Mom, if he does well tomorrow night, to maybe end up with a big job with the president, maybe VP. Who knows? But uh, you're right. You know, yeah, I, I, I would be curious to know who he would choose as VP. I would love to know. Well, that, I, I want know? I wanted to choose you. Yeah, me too. But that ain't happening. Why not? I want, 
I wonder who he will really choose, though. But first, we got to get him going. We got to get him started and make sure that he's there where we need him. But I don't know. At this point in time, there's a lot of feedback. There's a lot of bad talk about him. You know that. That uh, yeah, but the, 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 there may be bad talk, Mom, but uh, the CBS poll that came out yesterday, he's enjoying his yeah. biggest lead yet, 46 points over Ron DeSantis. And the last yeah. two national polls that came out, he's beating Biden in both. So the, the chatter, the talk means nothing in the polls right now after his fourth indictment and about to turn himself in tomorrow, on Thursday in Georgia. He's enjoying yeah. his best success. He has to turn himself in before Friday. That's, yeah. that's a given. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Mom, how, old, you, how know, old are you going to be in April, Mom? How old are you going to be? Why? Is the woman her weight or her age? You're my mother. What woman? You're my mom. I'll tell you I'm how old I'm going to be. I'll tell you what. I'm going to be 57 in April, Mom. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be 89. 89. Okay, so in your 89 years... When you've collected all this wisdom, and now you become a cult hero, people love you even more than me. Um, and this is a, you know, I, I need you to be very honest here. 89 years, that's a lot of presidents. Is Donald Trump the best president in your lifetime? For sure. For sure. For sure? That, yes, that's, that's a given. I don't, can't think of another president in my lifetime who has accomplished more for this country in a short time, one term, than Donald J. Trump. This man was unbelievable. He took us a, a country and he brought it right up to snuff. He, we had everything going for us the right way. Everything. Domestically, internationally, we had everything going for us until the creature in the White House took us down. But with long as there's life, there's hope. Well that, well, that does beg the next question, then. If Donald Trump is, and he said he is, the best president in your 89 years, a long time, nearly 90 on Earth, is Joe Biden the worst? For, for sure. He, he's a close match with McCall, with, uh, with um, Carter. Jimmy, Jimmy Carter. Jimmy, Jimmy Carter. Yeah. I couldn't get it out. Yeah. yeah, he's a close match. And the reason why I say this is this Jimmy Carter was the worst the worst anti-Semite, the worst anti-Semite. But but he runs right up. He's up there with him. He may even be worse than Jimmy Carter. Oh, my God. He may, he may even be worse because uh, as bad as Jimmy Carter was, he runs circles around him. What he's doing to us with all our adversaries, going and, and appeasing these people in China and North Korea and Iran, I mean... How about, how, about, how about the Ukraine? Every time this guy wants some money, and Zelensky... Ukraine, yeah. and billions of, billions of dollars? I mean, ridiculous. And we, and we can't feed our own little children. We can't feed our own American citizens. Better than that, look what they did. They took our American citizens out of these places to put the immigrants in these places. Are you kidding me? They put our people in the street yeah. to put these immigrants where they where they were. Yeah. What is that all about? <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to know. What is that all about? This is the United States of America, not the America I knew. Whether you were a Democrat or not, I mean, you still had sense. People wanted us to live a decent, safe place. Where is it safe anymore? Nowhere. I, speak to people, I say to people, if you're going to sell your house, where are you going to go? Where is it safe anymore? Not one person has one 
one answer. Oh, no, 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 no. Florida's safe. Florida's safe. I mean, the Republican. They have their problems. Well, everybody has their problems, but you could walk around Fort Lauderdale, Miami, Boca Raton without seeing people shooting up drugs and guns everywhere. Come on. I mean, Mom, it's very simple. If you have a Republican governor and or a Republican mayor, law and order matter. If you don't, like our city, then all that matters is money. Money, 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 and appease the criminals. Make sure black people aren't put in prison. That's how the system that, works. That's all you got. That's, that's it. All you uh, got. Mom, tell I mean, me about uh, enough of this guy. Horrible conversation. Uh, the Jewish holidays. What uh, What are we doing this year for that? What are you doing? Well, you ma- we're up here. That's I, I know, know but I, we. Well, are you making Rosh Hashanah this year? Well, Ray Sherry makes it all the time by her because I don't make anything anymore here. But, I mean, I am here. You know, I'll be here for the holidays. Well, who break? Uh, don't don't you do Yom Kippur once in a while? Don't you break the fast by your house or no? Well, I did when Daddy was alive. I know, I know. Of course we did it. But since he's gone, I haven't done it. Oh, no, you haven't done it. Yeah. No, we haven't done it. Because I'm actually, I may come up for one of those holidays uh, this year. It's been All a while, right. So. Well, yeah, you got time. Yeah, you got time to talk about it. Okay. Listen, all I can tell you is that we're in very bad shape at this point in time. And we gotta get we gotta get our country back. And our only hope is Trump. He's our only hope is President Trump. If we don't get him, we have nobody. Because I don't know who else you could get. I don't know who else. Who? What face could you tell me that you would vote for if not him? Who else would you bring? I I, I really could not give you another person. I mean, there are certain things I like about a certain amount of people. But um, I can't give you one. I can't give you a legitimate answer, Ma, because he's done it. He is, uh, he's unafraid. I'm talking he's about. Proven yes. He's proven himself. Yes. He's the man. He has proven himself. Yes. He yes. is the man. He's afraid of nothing and nobody. That's and right. that's one of the, uh, that's one of his wonderful features. Yeah. But we'll see what we'll happens. We'll see what happens. So, so, so mother, yeah, the summer's are, almost are over. Shocked? That why? Are you shocked yeah. that, um, that he's not going to be, uh, tomorrow no. night? That he's no. not. I'm not no. shocked at all. No, screw these people. He's beating them by 50 points, 40 points. You know, he doesn't need to sit with these losers. Uh, Ma, uh, on the way out, the summer is almost over. And I know that Ray Sherry and Alana and Lizzie have houses there and come back anyway. But are you a little sad? or? Oh, I'm very sad. Yeah. I'm hysterical that it's over for more reasons than one. First of all, it gets dark much too early here, yeah. much too early. And it gets very cold very quickly here. You know that. Well, get out of there. Go to Aventura. Go to Florida. No. I what, just, kind, what kind of decent you know, Jewish woman stays in Monticello and not Florida when the weather gets cold? I have responsibility here, Sydney. you know. No, you got to get out. you got to get out. No, not so quick. Not so Well, right. with that said, we got to get back to where we're going with this election deal. Right. That's what's got me okay. preoccupied and, and right. you know. And hoping that everything goes well with Donald Trump. Okay. He's our only hope, if not. Uh, him, I, I agree. Yes. Well, Mom, I, I hope you feel better. You. I know you've had a rough summer, so I'm sorry about that. No, it's been a ter- no summer for me. It's been rough, know. but that's okay. I'm here, and I'm on the I'm on the mend. And okay. uh, God willing, we'll talk again soon. When does Ava go back to England, uh, Sydney, to uh, Wales? They're leaving September 20th, Danielle and Ava, and I believe she starts classes. September 27th. So she's got a little while. A little while. Okay? Uh, all right. All, all right. right. I love you. I'm just curious. All right. Well, I think we've, we've talked about I I will come back on after tomorrow night because I'll be anxious. Um, I mean, I'll be watching okay. like crazy. All right, Mom. And 
see what we're going to what we'll accomplish then. Okay. All right. I love you. Have a good day. I love you. It was great being back on. People get out and vote. People get out and vote. Republicans get out and vote. We need your vote. Every last one. I beg all of you, come out and vote. Be safe, Sidney Ferris. I love you. Love you, too. Talk soon. There's the great American, my mom, Naomi Rosenberg. And take heed to what she said. Get out and vote. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Join Sid Rosenberg tonight with yours truly, Curtis Sliwa, as we lead the protest against the tents and the migrants coming into Floyd Bennett Field. It's 7 o'clock. Bring your sign. No tents, no migrants. Flatbush Avenue, entrance to Floyd Bennett Field, right before the Gil Hodges Bridge. You better be there. So I'm going to bring Arthur Aitala back on Thursday to talk about Georgia. That's the day when Donald Trump is going to turn himself in after his interview tomorrow night with Tucker Carlson while the others are debating on Fox News. But I wanted to get a quick five minutes with Arnie because Anthony Weiner was in early this morning. And um, he said that what the administration is doing, what the federal government is doing, what Hochul is doing is illegal. It's illegal. That these parks, you cannot house migrants in these parks. So I went to uh, my attorney friends. I texted a bunch of them. And uh, here's Arthur Idala. If that's true, then Curtis and I get there tonight already with a ton of ammunition. Arthur, good morning, buddy. How are you? All is well. All is well. And Anthony Arena is, is correct. Um, however, the uh, mayor's office and the um, corp council's office uh, went reached out to the feds, and yesterday it was approved that they can use uh, Floyd Bennett Field to house the migrants. So, so yes, you're, you're basically tell, so you're telling me you're telling me it's illegal, but the feds could override that. Yeah, well, it's yeah, it's federal property. They can say whatever they want on it. They can say we're gonna, you know, put a federal prison on it. They can say whatever they want. It's their property. So they said to um, the mayor's office and the corp council folks, okay, you know, we'll we will let you do this. Um, I, and actually, Hochul's office, the governor's office, was involved. It seems like since they had that trading of letters last week about beating each other up, the governor and the mayor, they're actually the mayor's, the governor's office seems to have stepped up a lot more. She's actually, um, I think, reaching out to some of the other states around us to see if they have any options um, where to put migrants. And Adams joined mostly Republicans around the country asking Biden to declare this a state of emergency to shut down the borders and a state of emergency will also uh, open up a whole bank account where they could throw some more money at this. One of the main options they're looking at actually is another federal facility, the Metropolitan Correctional Center, which is the prison that Jeffrey Epstein, uh, you know, died in, you know, where John Gotti was, where uh, El Chapo was. They closed it down because it was in such bad shape. Um, but if there's no other options and the feds approve it, you know, you know that you have uh, beds in there. You know, you have sanitation, you know, meaning meaning bathrooms and toilets. There's cooking facilities. So that's another federal uh, facility 
that they're looking at. But in terms of Floyd Bennett Field, uh, Anthony Weiner is correct. They couldn't just go up there and set up shop, but they did. They did it the uh, legal way. They asked for permission. They struck some sort of a deal, and uh, you know they're going to do it. The big problem with that, honestly, Sid, is how isolated that area is. And, you know, there's not a grocery store. I don't think what I read was like within three miles. Um, There's not a school within five miles. You know, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. And these are all people without cars. So they're going to have to figure out some kind of a busing system to go back. Well, they give give them scooters. They they give them these scooters and they drive around illegally and recklessly, these uh, migrants. And they knock people over and do all kinds of uh, horrible stuff. They give them these damn scooters. That's what they do. Okay, I, I, you know, my my migrant experience is at, at Roosevelt, the, Ro- the Roosevelt Hotel, which is right on the block of my law firm on Forty Fifth Street. Yeah. So there's not there's not a lot of scooters floating around there. But, <laughs> no, no, not, but, you no, know, no. I'm, not, I'm not saying you're wrong, but <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, it's, so Anthony was right um, that you know that you, it, you need federal approval, but they got federal approval yesterday. They got it. But one quick so thing you and, on you, Trump. And, you, and, you and Curtis got to protest hard. If that's yeah, we're going to have to rally hard. And, uh, you know, but listen, they're coming out in a, in a big number. Brooklyn is coming out, uh, Artie, in a big, big way. I know that all the Rockaways, Bell Harbor and the Ponset, they're coming out. And even Johnny Tobacco uh, texted me from Staten Island. He said lots of people from Queens and Brooklyn came to their Sunday Staten Island protest. He'll be there, and the Staten Island contingent will be there as well tonight to stand with you and Curtis. So we expect big numbers. One quick question on Trump. Hopefully he'll come back on Thursday today. He turns himself in. Uh, he's going to do the interview with Tucker Carlson tomorrow night, turn himself in on Thursday. Again, he seems, seems, I'm not with him, completely unfazed and seemingly is keeping his focus on winning the presidency from a legal standpoint, again, after this fourth indictment, how difficult is Trump's life? Listen, you know, Sid, I, I'm always, thank God, I'm always the lawyer. I'm never the defendant. And when I have to surrender a defendant, um, it's unnerving. It's unsettling. You know, your liberty that we're so used to gets taken away. You know, you can't just walk to the bathroom. You know, you have to ask the police officer who's in the precinct, who's booking you, can I go to the bathroom? You can't just reach over and grab a, 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 a you know, go to this water fountain and have a sip of water. Mm. You can't just pick up your phone and call somebody. Mm. Now, obviously, it's going to be different with the president of the United States, but it, 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 you're still in that aura, that aura that you don't have control over your body. And that's a very unsettling, unnerving experience, at least for someone like me. You know, you got a tough guy like Takapina, he, I don't care. But, you know, for me, when, when I'm going to go pee-pee and I can't go on my own and uh, I have to ask a cop, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, may, I yeah. use, may I use the bathroom? Yeah. You know, we haven't done that since third grade. Right. It was like, you know, it's a little and – and obviously, look, to have four cases against any human being is just – to say, oh, it has no effect on you, it's just, it's just you know, inaccurate – you know, I don't know if you know, but my firm, at least for the time being, we're going to help Rudy Giuliani. Um, you know, a lot of people who he's helped in myriad of ways have kind of just, I don't want to say turn their back on him, but they're not answering his phone calls. So he was, you know, kind of, I don't know what he was going to do in terms of legal representation. So I just called him and I said, Rudy, look, you know, you've done so much for this city and the people of this city. But when you were mayor, I was like, if you need some help, let me know. And he said, "Thank you, Arthur." So, I'm oh, good. We're going to have someone from my someone from my law firm. I don't think I'm going to be able to pull it off, but someone from my law firm 
you know, with a lot of experience. Well, you know, you got to give him. You got you got to give him Imram. That guy's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see which one of my guys goes down there. But you know, we'll be down there. It's going to be. I mean, look, the fact that they said bail on Trump of two hundred thousand dollars just shows you, Sid, how ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous that is. Where is he going, Donald Trump? I mean, really. Where and and what does two hundred thousand dollars do? Like it's such a joke. It makes a joke out of the system that I'm a part of. What, what two hundred thousand dollars is going to stop him from getting on his private jet and flying to wherever he was going to fly to? Of course not. It's so stupid. Yeah. But it's like okay, we're going to make a statement about this. So you know, it's it, it, it's in my opinion, it's interesting. If you ask Anthony Weiner, he would say this is a great day for the for the justice system because it's showing that no one is above the law. And I think it makes a mockery out of it to say that Donald Trump needs two hundred thousand dollars bail is an absolute joke. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not even joke. sure Anthony Weiner would say that. Anthony is a little more common sense, and people give him credit for. He may, in fact, be closer to our side. But uh, regardless, let's do this again on Thursday. Thank you for providing that very, very, very important information. Audio, you're the best. We'll do it again on Thursday, buddy. Love you. Thank you so much. All right, take care, bro. All right, take well, care. Uh, Chrissy Mullen checks in. Chrissy is Chris Mullen's sister-in-law. She's married to my dear friend Terrence, who owns Callie's, the Mullen family. She says, Artie is 100% wrong. I work across from the Roosevelt Hotel at J.P. Morgan. There are at least 100 scooters parked on the block and not one license plate, not a single one. Artie says they never have them. Right, but Artie says, I work right there. I don't see scooters. Chrissy Mullen goes, there's 100 of them. Funny. I guess people see different things. She should send a picture to Artie. Yeah. That's what he needs. Like the kid with the Bruce Wallace. He saw dead people. Everybody's fighting. Everybody's God. fighting. It's it's fantastic. Like, I want to fight with you. you oh, I love it. My God. I You're am, wrong. I'm, I'm right. God. I, I, I literally, for the last two weeks, have had an erection every morning on this show, and it has nothing to do with me waking up and having to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> me too. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Join Sid Rosenberg tonight with yours truly, Curtis Sliwa, as we lead the protest against the tents and the migrants coming into Floyd Bennett Field. It's 7 o'clock. Bring your sign. No tents, no migrants. Flatbush Avenue, entrance to Floyd Bennett Field, right before the Gil Hodges Bridge. You better be there. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Album Synchronicity, Every Breath You Take. He did, he did this song. He did Every Breath with an F you take. Him and Faith Evans, I think. Anyway, uh, if you go to page 28 in today's New York Post, I mentioned this early, early this morning, you're going to see a beautiful color ad put together by Jimmy Capsalis 
at the behest of the great John Katsimatidis. And it reads, Sid and Friends in the Morning, New York's number one Nielsen-rated news talk morning show. And then there are 18 pictures of my closest friends who are on this show. Everybody from President Trump to John to O'Reilly to Rudy to Curtis, you name it. And guess who made his very first appearance as an official friend of Sid in today's New York Post? None other than, in my opinion, the greatest commissioner in the history of this city, my friend Ray Kelly. In fact, he has positioned Ray in between Andrew Giuliani and Nicole Maliotakis. So with that said, Commissioner Ray, congrats. You're in the post with me hey. today. <laughs> Thank you so much for including me. It's a, a great group to be with. That is a great group, right? I mean, look at these people. They're all, And you, of course, are right there at the very top of the list. And thank you for hopping on today, Ray. You know, we've got this migrant crisis. Me and Curtis are going to be out there later on tonight. I've read stories about migrants raping and killing people in Texas. Uh, in Buffalo, most recently, where Kathy Hochul lives, there were two rapes from migrants. You know, a lot of people say, Sid, stop. They, 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 they keep to themselves. They're not horrible people. But I'm seeing things that make me nervous with a beautiful wife and a 19-year-old daughter. Am I right in, in, in being nervous, or am I getting carried away? Well, listen, as a father, you know, we're all nervous. As, as a grandfather, I'm I'm nervous. But... Actually, over time, if you look at the um, immigrant population, they're not really criminals. They want to work. And the ones that you're talking about are sort of the exception uh, and and not the rule. But uh, even so, just a lot of people, a mass of people, 100,000 that we have here, I mean, just that that factor alone can cause uh, problems. And as you said, you know, walking through the neighborhoods, people are very much concerned about their neighborhood. So this is this is a total disaster. And the only person that can fix this is the president. Uh, he opened the border. Uh, he's keeping it open. And uh, I used to be the U.S. Customs Commissioner, and I'm familiar with uh, life in the, in the border. And we've never seen anything like this. Of course, no, nobody, nobody has seen anything like this. But uh, I, I don't see... Any answer other than him doing a 180-degree turn and, and closing the border, or at least making it much much more secure. You're 100% right. There's your answer. Cover today's New York Post. Floodgates are open, literally. There's a door, and they're running in. That's the answer. So I'll tell you what the mayor does. And people that like him give him credit because he calls out the president. He has never once... Not once called out the president. Not once. Never said the name Biden other than I'm the Biden of Brooklyn. What he does is he blames the federal government. And when he does that, Ray, what he does is he leaves it open to blame Republicans for immigration reform. This has nothing to do with immigration reform. And correct me if I'm wrong, Ray, when our friend, President Trump, Republican, was president, did we have any of these migrant issues in New York City? Any? No. No, it was not. It certainly was not. Uh, any major problem in New York. I mean, just sheer numbers of people that are here will generate some some problems. But no, it was nothing, nothing like it is now. Uh, and the potential is, is, is tremendous for big time problems. And there's no there's no end in sight. I heard that Peter King on your show the other day say that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just in perpetuity. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. How does it go on like this? 
it, it can't. It can't. Something is going to have to break. The mayor, first of all, should declare that we're having a moratorium on sanctuary cities. That's it. We can't do it anymore. We, you know, I, I don't know if that will uh, uh, dissuade people from coming, but at least that would be a, a start. It hasn't done anything well for the city of New York. So, uh, it, you know, it's no easy answer there. I no, I know there's no easy answer, but I, I want to fast forward the clock uh, 20 years from you had not one but two great tenures as a police commissioner. And put you right back in that seat right now. Eddie Caban, thank you. You're gone. Here comes Ray Kelly. He's coming back. And uh, Eric Adams is the mayor, and he comes to see you today. He says, Ray, I don't know what to do here, man. I mean, look, I wanted these people here, but maybe I was wrong. I don't know. What 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 could I do? What would what would your suggestion be to the mayor if, in fact, you still were police commissioner? Well, I think the mayor should take the president on directly. I think it helps him politically. You know, people are whispering in. But, but hold on, but Ray, but you know, but Ray, you know, his supporters say he already does that. He calls out the federal government, even though you and I know that's a cowardly way of putting it. You're saying, like I'm saying, he needs to say the name Joe Biden, right? Exactly. And I, I think it would help him politically here. But I'm saying if people are whispering in his ear that he has the potential of being president, he does not want to alienate the progressive base of the Democratic Party. That's where the energy is. That's where he sees himself aligned with uh, going down a road here. So that's why, in my judgment, why he's not taking on the president. But locally, I think it would it would certainly uh, certainly help them. People are getting fed up, fed up with him, fed up with what's happening to their, their neighborhoods. He's got to take a, a much stronger stand. Now, not only for us, if that's what he should be doing, but I think politically it would help him as well. And, Mike Kelly, how much more difficult does the migrant situation make the police job? I mean, as we know, the numbers are way down, closer to 30,000 than 40,000. There really is no really no reason to be a cop these days. I mean, the, the the people on the streets don't respect you. The politicians don't take care of you. You don't make a lot of money. In fact, you make 55000 You don't even have immunity. You can get in trouble every time you walk outside the house or, God forbid, get killed. So how much more difficult is the job now for the police because of these migrants? No, I, I agree with you totally. Uh, it, you know, the department can't recruit to fill the numbers that they're losing. Cops are still leaving the department in significant numbers they are hemorrhaging and uh, we just can't can't hire them uh, so that's why you have the a lot of the problems that we have on, on the streets here this lack of cops in precincts they don't have uh, enough to man the radio cars uh it, it's a major problem now migrants just add on to that it's just uh, as I say particularly depending on the precincts that you're in you know you get a place you have a have a thousand or or three hundred migrants, you know, they're human beings. They're going to have their own uh, problems and things, and the police are going to have to intervene. But the manpower problem is a serious one now in the department. It's just not able to adequately patrol, in my in my opinion, and uh, certainly the migrants, the sheer numbers of migrants, add to that. The other issue becomes, Ray, these scooters. I mean, I know you know our oh, friend Bo Deedle. His son, Richard, was run over a couple of weeks ago. I just got a text from Chrissy Mullen, happens to be the sister-in-law of the Hall of Famer Chris Mullen from Brooklyn. She said, where she works by the Roosevelt Hotel, there are 100 scooters, 100. Right, there are no license plates. The, 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 why don't they impound all these scooters? 
No. After, thanks to Mayor de Blasio, there's basically no regulations ad- addressing the these violations uh, that you see. I see them where I live. They have no lights on. You, you cross the street at night, you can have a scooter go right past you. Nice. You can feel it. You can't even see it. I mean, it is a horrendous problem, and it really contributes greatly to the deterioration of the quality of life that we've seen in the city, and we continue to, to see. But you're absolutely right. I was in London not so long ago. I saw all these bikes stopped, and I thought it was an accident or something. No, it turned out they stopped for the red light. Interesting. And then they, and they took off. <laughs> you know, it, they were adhering to traffic regulations there. So uh, it, it is uh. it's disgraceful. It's an embarrassment. It's funny you mentioned London because, as you know, Ray, my daughter Ava, she's going back to school at the end of September. She goes to college in Wales, which is a fast 90-minute train ride away from London. So me and Danielle spend a lot of time in London. And every time I come back, I say the same thing. They have a financial district like we've got. They've got a theater district like we've got. It's almost the same place, right? I mean, a lot of history. Yet, yet. They abide by the laws. You don't walk on the streets, see any urine, any feces. Nobody throws garbage on the streets. Why is it that in London, in London, they seem to be okay, and this city is such a mess when both are so similar? What's the issue? Well, enforcement. Uh, We're not enforcing any of these things, any of these uh, uh, violations that really impacts on the reputation of of the city. It's just the cops are not issuing summonses. They took a lot of these violations out of the criminal code and made them civil violations, which just means a summons, which means that they're, they're disregarded. Uh, but these scooters have no enforcement at all. Then you see them go through a light circle. They go up the avenue. I saw them going up Fifth Avenue the wrong way in the middle of the street. I mean, just arrogance. It's something that knows that the, the rest of society. So it, it, it just adds to the danger and, and the perils of, of people walking in, in, uh, in New York. Jeez. It's a shame. It is. So one more. I, I was talking to somebody because I'm still relatively young. If God's good to me, Ray, I'll be 57 in April. So I don't remember the 60s and 70s as well. And, um, you know, they keep bringing up those days when Bo was a cop in the 70s. And, and somebody said to me, yeah, but here's the difference. Back then, gangs were an issue. Drugs were a major issue. People were killing each other in the drug communities. But the nice communities remained nice. And they said the difference now is is that there is no nice community. And no matter where you are in the city, Park Avenue, the fanciest parts, you are a target. And even though the numbers were higher in the 70s, it wasn't like that. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, that's a very good point. <clears throat> it's all over now. Uh, everybody has mobility, including the, uh, the the perpetrators, so they can go, uh, you know, throughout the city, Upper East Side. I mean, it's safer, relatively speaking, than uh, other precincts, say in Brooklyn or, or the Bronx. But even so, those folks uh, can be targets, and some pretty high uh, high prominent people have been mugged uh, on, on the Upper East Side. So, yeah. It is a citywide problem a, throughout the five boroughs, and uh, we don't have a handle on it. And doesn't look like we're ever going to get a handle on it. So uh, in the old grading system, Ray, we'll wrap up this great conversation right here. I love you to pieces. I love when you come on. A being, of course, uh, you get to go to Harvard. F being uh, you're not going to college. How's Eric Adams doing right now? Give me a grade. Well, I, I haven't seen him really do anything, and it's significant. I mean, he's lots of press conferences. Everything is a 
at the press conference, but I don't think you can point to, at least I can't point to anything that I know that he's, uh, that he's accomplished. Well, he will so tell you, the way, he'll tell you, he's, he's going to tell you that shootings are down and murder is down. And, Where is um, throughout the country, by the way, they're down yeah. in Chicago, down in Los Angeles, down in Philadelphia. They're not really certain why, but it is a national phenomenon. So, uh, I don't know if he can claim credit for that, but okay, they are down. Murders are down. Uh, that's good. But if you look at crime two years ago, compare it to what it was two years ago, it's way up. It's up 36% in the city. Uh, you know, robberies are up almost 40%. It, two years ago, well, you know, relative calm yeah. in the city, and yeah. it's all it's, it's all changed. So it's uh, you know it, it, I'd I'd have to give him a uh, let's say C because he shows up. Yeah, he's not like the Blasio. <laughs> right. The Blasio, you couldn't find him anywhere. Right. Uh, but Adams is everywhere. So, you know, oh, not funny. not doing anything, but he sure shows up. I love that. I give him a C because he shows up. Uh, Ray, thank you for showing up this morning. That was a great conversation. Congratulations on uh, making the post with me today. And we'll do this again very, very soon. Thank you so much, buddy. Thanks for having me. You're the best. Ray Kelly, former police commissioner, here on Sitting Friends in the Morning, wrapping up three great hours. Folks, we're not even close to being done. Three more great guests coming your way, including Dick Morris on the big debate tomorrow night. We're going to talk to the terrific New York Post columnist Michael Goodwin. And coming up next, the fire that is Judge Janine Pirro. Fourth and final hour about to come your way. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. I've been saying a little all morning, you better come tonight to this rally. And I never protest. I think for the most part, protesters are losers. <laughs> I really do. Except for Curtis. Well, losers. All losers. And uh, tonight I'm going to be a loser because this is three miles from my house and it bothers me. And Lou lives there, too. I say, Lou, you better come. I can't convince the guy to come. So I go to him at the break. I go, I'll bring you a six-pack. He goes, what should I wear? <laughs> it was close to that. Mary Glenn checks in. She leads the Rockaway Republican Party. She says, hello, Sid. A large group of Rockaway citizens, both Democrats and Republicans, are coming together and meeting in the Reese parking lot at 6 p.m. tonight. We're going to walk over the bridge to meet you and Curtis at the protest. So we're starting something big. Uh, Talk about something big. Nobody bigger than this lady. Sunday's here at WABC. And as far as I'm concerned, the best talent at Fox News, that includes Kilmeade Waters, all of them, Hannity especially, Uh, the five-star Judge Janine Pirro. Good morning, Janine. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm angry. Okay. Why are you angry? Everything. (laughs) <laughs> i got you know, migrants I, 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 I got like migrants like three miles from my house i got a president who can't speak to people who are suffering in hawaii without talking about himself and gibbering on and on and i can't even watch a debate tomorrow night and enjoy it because my guy trump is not going to be there other than that it's all great well listen here here's the bottom line you already got me close to the uh 
teed off point. So <laughs> I agree with you. I'm sick of the migrants. You know, nobody's talking about what's going to happen in the schools, how the schools have to hire uh, teachers who speak the languages of these kids. And by the way, immigration is no longer all just from Mexico. It's from Africa and other places where the local school board has to pay for uh, teachers who speak their languages. And let me ask you a question. If you have a 12-year-old boy who speaks at the third grade level, does he get to sit in class with third graders? The answer is yes. So, I mean, I'm sick of this nonsense. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of Joe Biden. I I told you, it takes me three seconds to fire up. I'm sick of Joe Biden (laughs) going late to Hawaii and then talking about a big fire in his kitchen. I mean, this guy is so clueless. I'm, you know, they were yelling, go home, we don't want you. And he wants to give them $700 each, $700 a family. We gave $131 billion to Ukraine. For what? I don't know. All I know is the Democrats keep going over there to visit. I don't know why Randy Weingarten's been there three times. Yeah, right. He says she wants to compare the education. Hey, listen, by the way, Bettina, let me tell you something. Two things. First of all, the story about the fire was a lie. He made it all up. But secondly... There are Republicans that I know that are behind this. I say, wait a second. Is it not obvious to you at this point, this president is so compromised, whatever monies he got and his kids from Burisma, he is now in debt to the Ukraine forever. When Zelensky calls him for money, sometimes he doubles it and or triples it. And there are Republicans, forget about Democrats, that are like, we have to do it. Putin's taking over the world. Are you nuts? Right? It's so stupid. I know. Thank you. Thank you. You are so right. It's hysterical. You know, they just get this one. Look, all these people in Congress, first of all, we have to have term limits. Don't get excited. We'll never have it because you got to get Congress to pass it. And then, you know, you've got these people who are doing nothing but making money. And you know what? One hand washes the other. They don't care that Joe Biden is making a fortune or his son is making a fortune or that they're using, what, Air Force Two as a business vehicle so that he can get money from China, which Joe Biden lied and said, we never got money from China. My son never got money from China. He lied about that. He's lied about everything. This guy is a lying sack of, of, of whatever, <laughs> starting with when he first ran for president. He couldn't even make up his own story. He had to lie about his place in class. He had to lie right. about he plagiarized this, this poet from the U.K. I mean, he's just a halfwit. And he's the president of the United States. You know what's and funny then- about this, uh, as you continue to rant, is... It- <laughs> It wasn't even five minutes ago when he said to me, why are you angry? <laughs> I know. I told you my temperature goes up in a second. You know, it's true. It's true. You know, and the other thing that really teased me off about this guy is that everything he does is only for him and his wife. He's on his second week vacation in Lake Tahoe. First week was at the beach in Rehoboth Beach. How much did that house cost? And by the way, you don't make that kind of money in government while your wife's a teacher. You can call her a doctor all you want. She's a teacher. Okay. And then the whole idea that, you know, he said he would go to Palestine, Ohio, never went there. Are they not Americans either? Are the people in Hawaii not Americans? The guy is. He is beneath the office of president. Creep. He's it's a creep. You know, he, he's a creep. He's a creep and a he bad guy. Uh, he's a complete yep. antithesis of my guy, Trump. And now Trump is not going to participate tomorrow. And I get it. Look, he's he's up by 46 yep. points. Why uh, should he? Right, why should he? Now, I want him to selfishly because he's entertaining. And the rest of these people, quite frankly, are a bunch of wet farts. And even more, I don't want that fat, stupid Chris Christie yelling about Trump and Trump not there to defend himself. So that's well, part of the reason why I'm upset. 
you want to talk about angry? Chris Christie's the angriest guy uh, out on that stage. I don't know why. All of a sudden, he turned against Trump. He didn't get a position he wanted to get. Look, you know, Chris Christie used to fly the uh, Trump plane when uh, I was on it many times because my ex was Trump's lawyer. And Chris Christie was flying on the plane when Trump, uh, you know, owned all the casinos in Atlantic City. And Chris Christie had jurisdiction. I mean, come on. I don't need to say more than that about that. (laughs) But Chris Christie is angry. He's an angry guy. And, you know, he can go up there all he wants and be angry, but nobody's going to vote for him. Okay, they'll cheer him on because he's a great debater. You know, and Mother Pence, I mean, well, I don't know what the deal is with him. Backstabber. You know, he calls his wife that. Yeah. And and DeSantis, I mean, DeSantis is incapable of having a relationship with anybody. He lacks interpersonal communication skills. Vivek, I mean, why are people, why are they now chasing Vivek? Because the guy has ideas that make sense. The guy doesn't have the experience that you think someone would need to be president. But at the same time, he speaks the language that most Americans speak about fairness, respect, civility, about merit, about a merit system. Uh, And uh, then you've got Nikki Haley. I mean, you know, her time passed in 2005, and that was the end of it. So, I mean, I don't know that it's going to be very exciting, but I can't wait to watch it. I mean, I will be watching it. Too. Me too. Yeah, it's gonna be. And by the way, I like Tim Scott. I like Tim Scott too. He's a good guy. Yes, but uh, you just broke it down almost like fantasy football. You did it really well. (laughs) But in in the meantime, uh, Trump is going to be talking to our old buddy Tucker Carlson uh, about the same time. What do you think about that? Well, you know what? I understand why Trump is not debating. I mean, there's no point in his debating. I mean, so what is he, 40 points ahead? 46. You know, why should he stand? Yeah, 46. Why should he stand there and, you know, deal with these other people? The way he wants to do it is his own way, and that's Donald Trump. And I've got no problem with it. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, everybody's going to be switching from one to the other. Uh, Who do do you think think in the end gets bigger numbers, Fox News or uh, Trump? You know what? I have no idea. Yeah. There's one place I'm going to tell you I'm clueless. I have no background to tell you that. I yeah. really don't. What do you mean you have no background? Anything. You're the number one show in the world for the five. Yeah, I, yeah, when I, yeah, and when I have my show Justice, which I don't have anymore, I miss it. I miss ranting all the time and telling people what the truth is and what's going on in right. this country. Well, that's you the know? problem. And, well, that's the problem with the five is that Greg Gutfeld won't shut the F up and everybody else. And I want to get more of Judge Janine. I want the rest of them to shut up. Well, <laughs> you know what? The truth is uh, we all try to take the time a lot. No, I know. These are your friends. I don't want to hurt you. Yeah. yeah they're, <laughs> look, and that's why the show works. We all get along both yeah. uh, on set and off set. Yeah. But uh, you know what? This is an interesting time. I really believe said that Joe Biden is not going to be on the ticket. Everybody said, Janine, I swear to you, you're like the 10th yes. consecutive guest that has said the same thing. I go, then who is it? It's going to be Kamala? I don't know about that. Uh, it's no, going to no, be- no. It's going to be Gavin. It, definitely Gavin. There's no chance Michelle Obama jumps in. No chance. Well, you know, I don't know if she wants it because she certainly could right at the end. You see, if anybody's going to jump in and Joe was just holding to the end, maybe he needs to make, uh, you know, a few more million dollars, <laughs> you know. And, and by the way, will someone please tell me why Hunter Biden is always with his father? Why is he always with him? He goes on vacation. He goes to state dinners. You know, he goes to Air Force One, getting off Air Force One, going on Air Force Two. Why? The guy is a debauched uh, sex addict who's a drug addict. And, you know, why? Why do I have to deal with him? He's 53 years old. Get yourself a house. Live with your <laughs> wife somewhere. 
You know, whichever one you decide to live with, you know, take it on yourself to take care of yourself. Uh, You know, there's something really weird there. No, you're right. You're you're right. You're right. He's with them all the time. The cocaine. The cocaine. We don't know. We're closing the case. You do, too, though. The FBI, the IR, and the Secret Service, they know damn well whose cocaine it was. Don't give me that nonsense. You can solve a case from 30 years ago or 15 years ago from the, uh, what is it, the Long Island murder from a piece of crust on a, on a pizza box, <laughs> and you can't solve whose, whose cocaine was in the library in the east wing of the White House that you then said was in the west wing that you then said was in the situation room. Liars, liars, all of them liars, and that's all I have to say. Oh, on the way out, then, uh, Trump is dealing with a couple of things, <laughs> uh, four indictments, and, uh, you know, E. Jean Carroll is still out there yelling and screaming, and, I mean, this poor bastard has more to deal with on a daily basis than we do in a year, and yet he's lengthening his lead, he gets more and more donor money, and he's yeah. in the position now where he's pretty much won the primary, that's over, and now he can really focus on the general election in November 2024. I still have Republican friends, Janine. Uh, fewer, though. Most have come around now, but still a few that say, listen, he's going to win the primary, but he's not electable. I don't know what that means. The guy's got 140 million votes in the last two elections. Of course he's electable. When they say that, what do you say? Well, you know what? I ask them, like you, you know, what they base that on. You know, do they base it on the hate? Do they base it on the fact that they'll do anything to stop him, as evidenced by four indictments in the last five months? They could have indicted him two years ago. Did they know? They waited to see if he was serious about running for president. So, I mean, they will do whatever they need to to destroy this man, destroy his character, his reputation, everything. But you know what? Most Americans, when they look back and think about what their life was like when he was president, they had a better better chance of getting a job. Their finances were better. America was held in esteem. We were respected on the world stage. They laugh at us on the world stage now. I yeah. mean, Joe Biden, he can barely, whenever he goes to a uh, uh, to an international event, he can't make the dinner. He's got to go to bed. I mean, <laughs> he really can't. He can't. He's got to go to bed. He's got to take a nap. He can't stay up for the dinner. How sick is that? Oh, God. I mean, you know, when you think about people like Ronald Reagan and you think about you know, the strong men who've been president. And, and, you know, you look at this wimp and you say, my God, not only is he a wimp, the guy doesn't know the truth from a lie. No. And, you know, it's like his son. You know, my son died in Iraq. No, he didn't. He died of cancer in a hospital. <laughs> Stop lying. I'm sorry. You know, oh, it's God. pathetic. I know. You're you right. know what? Show up in Palestine, Ohio. They're Americans. I don't know what to say other than that was just brilliant. And uh, for somebody that wasn't angry, I pissed you off for a good 12 minutes. (laughs) It was fantastic. Janine, I love you to pieces. I love you, too. All right. Thank you. See you soon. Take care. God, I love her. She's so good. She's by far the best on on that show. She really is. I like Dana Perino. She's pretty good, and I like Jesse. But don't kid yourself. Janine Pirro is the best on that show. Let's take a quick break. When we get back, another big-name guest. The New York Post columnist that everyone wants to talk to, Michael Goodwin. He's coming up next on Sid and Friends in the Morning.
Talk Radio 77 WABC. Join Sid Rosenberg tonight with yours truly, Curtis Sliwa, as we lead the protests against the tents and the migrants coming into Floyd Bennett Field. It's 7 o'clock. Bring your sign. No tents, no migrants. Flatbush Avenue, entrance to Floyd Bennett Field, right before the Gil Hodges Bridge. You better be there. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Tuesday morning, been an unbelievable show. We're going to move Dick Morris to tomorrow. The debate's tomorrow night anyway, and he wants to talk about Trump and the debate. So we'll do Peter King, Curtis Sliwa, Dick Morris, Nicole Maliotakis. Some more surprises tomorrow. And, of course, I'll be arrested tonight on the news or something, so that'll make for good content tomorrow. Anthony Weiner, Curtis Sliwa, Bo Dito, my mother Naomi, Ray Kelly, Janine Pirro all already stopped by today. And that brings us to my next guest. I heard him on with Kill Me yesterday. He's always great. He's always great. He's real good on this show. He is uh, the best columnist in the country, him and Divine, at the New York Post. And it's my friend Michael Goodwin. They ever call you Goody as a kid, Michael? What would they call you? <laughs> no, no, Sid. That's when I luckily escaped. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I have a friend. His name is Doug Goodstein. He used to be one of Howard Stern's producers, and we called him Goody. So uh, I'm thinking of Michael Goodwin, and I say, somebody had to call you Goody, but I guess not. No, you've just been Mike. That's no, I, I, it's an interesting – it never came up to my recollection. Uh, so uh, Good. I, I dodged that bullet. <laughs> yeah, that is a bullet. Talking about dodging bullets, we are trying to dodge one in my neighborhood. I live by the beach over there, over the Gil Hodges Bridge. And uh, tonight, I'm sure you heard the promo, you're on hold. Me and Curtis are going to hold a uh, big rally and I've been told by the Rockaway Republican Club and others, this is bipartisan, Michael Goodwin. These are Republicans and Democrats who do not want these migrants in our community. They're going to a mass at Reese Park at 6 o'clock, walk across the bridge, and meet me and Curtis at Floyd Bennett Field at 7. Again, Republicans and Democrats. Point is, no one wants these migrants. Nobody. What the hell are we supposed to do? Yeah, look, I, I think that... Uh... I'm happy uh, in the sense that it's finally coming, feels as though it's coming to a boil in neighborhoods. I mean, I think that's one of the things that's been missing here because you have this, it's kind of a neighborhood by neighborhood, right? So the city or, or, and, and the state, they, they put them in a hotel here, in a hotel there. And so people individually or a few, a few residents of each neighborhood complain but when you add it all up and you look at the city as a whole, you're right. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. And that, to me, Sid, is the great mystery 
of Eric Adams here. How did he not see this coming? I mean, more than a year ago now, back in July of 22, the first time he mentioned that there were something like 2,000 migrants mixed in in the homeless shelters, 2,000 or 2,500, something along that line. And here we are, you know, a little more than a year later, there are over 100,000 in the city and maybe 60,000 living in these various city shelters and hotels that they keep opening. The problem is there's no limit. Well, well, but you but you just said it best. You said, how did he not know this? I'm going to tell you. I went to the Mets game last Monday with my friends Keith Kantrowitz, Anthony Carone, and former Governor David Patterson. And Patterson was defending the mayor, Michael. He said, how would he have known? I said, Dave, Dave, I'm a dopey radio host. I knew, so did Curtis, a year ago this was going to happen. How did we know? We watched the news. We have something called a border, and the border is wide open. And his buddy Joe Biden, he refers himself as the Biden of Brooklyn, has never had any intention of closing the border. So the better question is, how did Eric Adams know? How did he not know the border's been wide open? That's that's precisely the point. I mean, I, I flagged it at that time because I had been writing about the border. And here we were now seeing the efforts by not just the Republican border state governors, But you were also just seeing the natural flow. I mean, how do they get to the city apart from the ones that Abbott from Texas sent? Um, They get here with these charities that are funded by the government. And so they are all going to come. Who doesn't want to come to New York? Right. Right. Around the world. So they're all going to come. The Boston Globe had a story the other day about fears in Boston that it's going to be swamped. There are roughly six million who came in in the Biden administration. Six million people came across the border. Some of them, uh, most of them identified themselves and and, uh, submitted to arrest uh, by claiming asylum. Roughly a million others just got away, as the Border Patrol calls them, gotaways. A million people. I mean, this is a decades-long issue now. The ones who are having babies here, those babies become citizens. So what are you going to do with the parents? You're going to, if they lose their asylum case, you're going to deport them? I don't think so. So they have created a permanent political problem for as long as the eye can see. Mm. And yet, and here on the New York City where the rubber always meets the road, we get this kind of local impact that is just driving neighborhoods crazy, that's adding to the sense of public disorder, it's breaking the budget. Kathy Hochul is a no-show, as she always is. She never shows up for anything. I mean, what a ridiculous waste of a governorship. She just has no desire to solve problems. Oh, hold on a second. But but she's the one, according to her, because now she's in a tiff with the mayor, although he makes it very clear they still love each other like we want that. I don't care if they hate each other's guts. I can't stand either one of them at this point. I would rather they would. Yeah, me too. At least fighting for something. Right. So she says, well, I 
told the mayor about these places, and he didn't do it. I gave him money, and I gave him all this money. I don't know where the money is. So it's a very simple question. Do you believe this tip is real? And if you do believe it's real, then as much as as a no-show as she is, she has tried, and she says Eric Adams has done nothing. What are your thoughts? Well, look, uh, I don't really have an opinion as to which of them is dumber, dumber on this issue. Um, I think that the main thing is the solutions they keep talking about are what's making it worse. For example, when you provide this kind of housing, a hotel in Manhattan, hey, I'm in Honduras. The gangs are outside my door. Yeah, I think I'll go to a hotel in Manhattan for free, right? I mean, or or the, the second thing that Hochul keeps pushing, and Adams too, but she's really taken the lead on this, is demanding that the federal government hurry up with work authorization papers. Now, this is another invitation to come. Come to New York, you'll get a hotel in Manhattan, and you'll be able to work. So everything they are doing is incentivizing more of them to come. It's like Biden. Leave the border open and they'll come. Well, and if you're in the city of New York, give them a hotel room. They'll come. If you're the governor, tell them they can work and they'll come even more. So all of their so-called solutions are just making it worse. Well, they're clearly, look, I've made it very, very clear, Michael, I don't want him here. If that makes me a bad person, insensitive, uh, I don't care. I don't want them. So neither one of them has said we don't want them. I wish they would. I wish somebody would just say build a wall, keep them there, and that's the end of it. So they are remaining true to what they originally said, which was, yeah, you come here. Now, once they get here, you're right. They need to find a way to make use of them. Now, look, I've got Democrat friends and family members who say, I say, well, what about the jobs? You know, Americans need jobs. They go, no, no, no. Uh, Jobs are there. The Americans are lazy. They don't do them. At least the migrants will want to work. What are your thoughts on that? Donald Trump said this best years ago. If you don't have a border, you don't have a country. And I, I think, yes, we need people who will work. We want people who will work. That has always been a facet of the immigration system. But the key word there is system. You've got to have a vetting process. You've got to have control. Right now, because of Joe Biden, we have no control. Whoever wants to come, comes. That's not the way it has ever worked before. We Even with the guest workers program, there was a vetting process. There was an employer who was responsible. You had certain rights and rules. There's no reciprocity here. It's a one-way street. Come on in. We'll give you everything. We'll ask nothing of you. And and then we'll demand more money. We'll demand more. All of this will just collapse at some point. It cannot continue infinitely. You know, Herb Stein, the, the late great economist, said something that can't go on forever won't. And that's where we are here. This can't go on forever. There, there's no more room at the inn, as Adams has said yeah, several I times. I've heard him say even that. As he, yeah. Even as he keeps making more room. <laughs> right. And uh, finds himself in Jerusalem this morning. I mean, you talk about a, a bad timing. And, and of all things, this is what makes me laugh. I know he's going there to check out some of the technology, but he goes to Jerusalem to find out how to combat anti-Semitism. Let me explain something, Mike, which you know already. 
Jews that get killed in Israel are killed by Palestinians, not black guys from Brooklyn. The overwhelming majority of attacks on Jews here, 86% are black people. So Mayor Eric Adams wants to combat anti-Semitism. He doesn't have to go to Tel Aviv. He needs to go to Brooklyn and the Bronx and to his own community say, stop beating up Jews. It's that simple. Look, uh, I mean, I, I think uh, you know, the, the first deputy mayor and the education commissioner reportedly got married last weekend. They were out of town. Understandably, Adams is out of town. I mean, I, I don't know what is this some kind of a, you know, everybody running for their lives or something. I mean, <laughs> you, you you don't, you know, you have a new police commissioner. I mean, I I don't know. By the way, the, the police commissioner I invited on the show today. This is funny. Just to yeah. stay with the theme, he's a, he's a nice guy, Eddie Caban. He's out of town because he drove his son to Syracuse today to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Sid. Um, maybe, there's, maybe there's a hint here, right? Get out of town. <laughs> yeah, but in the meantime, the people that care, people like me and Curtis Sliwa, we ain't leaving. We are going to be at Floyd Bennett Field tonight with a lot of Democrats, a lot of Republicans. This is bipartisan. I can tell you that I have relatives, uh, excuse me, uh, neighbors that are both, and they don't want this. And they will be here in New York tonight fighting for their neighborhoods. That brings us to tomorrow night. Now, I read your most recent column. Ron DeSantis needs a miracle to win the 2024 election. Forget about that. He needs a miracle to win the primary. He's never going to get to the election. Donald Trump is up 46 points. Ron DeSantis, you can make the argument, has been more disappointing in his campaign than the Mets. (laughs) Uh, Or the Yankees. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Look, uh, I mean, no question, DeSantis is behind the eight ball here. Uh, my point in writing that column was that um, the the theory that DeSantis and everybody else, all the other opponents had more or less, was that Trump support um, back, let's say, back in January of this year, late last fall, uh, Trump's support was somewhere around 35 to 40 percent in most polls. And their view, the, the, the opponent's view of that was, you know, probably 25 percent of the total GOP is un- are unshakable Trump supporters. But that other 15 percent, let's say, uh, who are supporting Trump at that point, they're soft. They're persuadable. We can peel them off and Trump will be left with 25 percent and he will not be the nominee. So you fast forward to where we are now, and Trump is getting not 35 and 38 and 40 percent in the polls. He's getting 55 and 56 and 58 percent in the Republican primary polls. So that soft support that everybody else saw has hardened, and they are now firm Trump supporters. Uh, and it makes it very hard for anybody else to get a foothold. And DeSantis, of course, has been the number two all along. He has been seen, and I saw him that way myself, as the future of the party. He has been seen as the alternative to Trump, but it, it hasn't happened. Uh, I mean, his theory that he could persuade these soft, so-called soft supporters ha- has failed. And, of course, the four prosecutions of Trump, the four indictments, have certainly helped Trump yes. up to this point. Yep, yep, and yep, so yep. I... It, it, it's a, 
it's a conundrum, I think, for Republicans who don't like Trump, who don't want to see him as the nominee, Tough. but who see that nobody else can challenge him. No. And that, so right now the fight is about who is going to be the alternative to Trump. That's what this debate is now going to turn into. Trump's not going to be there. So who is going to be? Is it going to be DeSantis? Is it going to be Chris Christie, uh, Vivek, uh, somebody else? Uh, who, who Tim Scott is actually mm. rising in the first two early yeah. states, New Hampshire and Iowa. I don't know, Mike. I think we're desperately looking for a reason to watch. Uh, the truth is it's over. There is no second. Uh, it's up to Trump who he's going to pick to be his running mate. Some of these folks, if they do well tomorrow night, may end up in his cabinet. That won't be Chris Christie. So I think we're trying to convince ourselves for a reason to watch because it's over. And I'm not sure if it was East Palestine. I mean, the day he went there, Donald Trump, say what you want, Things started to turn around because the month before, the month before, he had that ridiculous training card deal. He ripped up the Constitution, wanted to rip it up, I should say. He had that infamous dinner with Kanye West and the neo-Nazi. Then he goes to East Palestine before anybody else does, hands out water to these fine Americans, and things started to turn around. Then, of course, the border and all the things he did well, which now are going really, really badly. And don't forget... He had months and months and months of beating up DeSantis, and DeSantis never replied because he was still the governor of Florida and staying out of the race. There's a lot of reasons why, but go back to the day that Trump went to East Palestine, Michael. That's where it all turned around. Well, look, I, I don't dispute the idea that um, it's uh, it's not looking good for the everybody else, but I would just add this one caution, Sid. Um, it's still almost five months until the caucus in Iowa, which is January 15th. That, a lot can happen between now and then. Uh, you have these some of these trials and the pretrial motions coming up. You just have a lot of time. And I, I don't know. I mean, you're right. It seems to be at this point a foregone conclusion. But I think in politics, we've been surprised before. I mean, I am surprised that Trump has had this staying power out of office. I, I was among those who thought that he had crested and it was going to be a slow, like a, a melting iceberg. But that hasn't happened. But look, we still have five months until Iowa. So a lot of things can happen, a lot of, a lot of time, a lot of events. Uh, we'll we, and also the question of the Democratic Party. Is Joe Biden really going to be the nominee? I don't. I just can't see it. Yeah. I mean, his yeah. performance in Maui, it, it never stops. I mean, Terrible. this guy is you, you can't take him out. <laughs> it's true. I mean, he was really pathetic in Maui. That was a slam dunk, right? Just go there and cry. And if you have any heart at all, you would cry anyway. This is a real horrible disaster. There's a, there's a school we haven't talked about. They haven't found the kids yet. And he's up there making up stories about saving his wife, his car, and his cat in a fire. You can't even make this stuff up. Uh, no, but, no. I mean, as the post, as the post says, you know, he makes everything about himself. I yes. Mean, you know, look, he, he has had tragedy in his life, but when when he went uh, to the soldier, to the families who had died in Afghanistan, and talked about his son dying, I mean, it's always about him, and he has used that son's tragic death you know, in, in political settings that are a little creepy. And so and so is this minor kitchen fire. Right, which right. He has yeah. lied about before. I mean, right. So it's like, no, you, somebody has to 
well, forget it. No, no, it's tell him, yeah, yeah. yeah he Please. can't. He no. can't comprehend. And, and not only does it bring up his son's death, he lies about that. His son did not yes. die in Iraq. His son died right. in a hospital here in the United States. Yes, <laughs> yes. And so, but he, but he turns all these things as though somehow this is how he can relate to yeah. those people. Yeah. But it's a false. It's a false equivalency, and that's what he does all the time. Yes, uh, you're brilliant. You really are. Your columns are great in the New York Post. I love when you're on this show. So, Michael Goodwin, thank you once again. Enjoy your Tuesday. Let's do it again very soon. Enjoy the debate. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Sid. My Michael, Michael Goodwin, New York Post columnist. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Never go wrong with Blue Oyster Cult, I'll tell you that, baby girl. we got to wrap things up right here, right now. Make sure you join me and the great Curtis Sliwa. Once again, Floyd Bennett Field. I know a bunch of my neighbors and brethren will be meeting at Reese Park tonight at 6. Both Republicans and Democrats. This is a bipartisan issue. They're going to walk together over the bridge and meet me and Curtis for our 7 o'clock rally. I never protest. Again, I said this a million times. Uh, don't get mad at me, Curtis. I think protesters, for the most part, are losers. Get a life. Get a job. Do something. But I'm protesting tonight. This, this is like, my neighborhood. Uh, it's yeah. like MLK walking over the bridge. Pretty much. This is even bigger. This is even bigger. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg got a protest. Are you nuts? going to be a picture of Sid. This is like Osama bin Laden at a bar mitzvah. <laughs> it wasn't going to happen. going to be yelling on the bridge. I'm famous. <laughs> it's me. I'm Sid. I'm here. Yeah. Uh, listen, great job today. Uh, Lou Rafino as always. Uh, Justin Ellick. Jim Flippin continues to do inspiring work. While Noam Layden is dancing the horror with Eric Adams in Tel Aviv. And Chance Palminteri just sent me a lovely message. He really enjoyed the interview I just did with Michael Goodwin. And if Chance liked it, it must have been good. Chance, I love you. Thank you. That's it, folks. See you tonight. Floyd Bennett Field in Brooklyn. And back again tomorrow morning at 6 for the Wednesday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning. Peace.
you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.